Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hey, what's going on, people? We made it another week. What a blessing. What a beautiful blessing that is. Definitely got to give mad love to Texas and what they're going through right now. And anybody around the world that's going through something, you know they ain't making it to church. So we're going to give them church live on the Internet. Welcome to church. They call me Will of God, and today is Monday. The best thing about life is the topic. Mr. Calvin Myers done did it again. He was like, you know what? Let's talk about the church Sardis and the church of Philadelphia. And I was like, wow, Philadelphia. Because I live in Philly. So let's have church. So it reminds me of the old revival services. We would have died at number 724. And we have a revival service that would go from 244-7444. Put the pin number in. When the minister finished preaching. 143. We have an old-fashioned altar call. 906 pound. Everybody will come around the altar. Then you push one pound. And then down on the knee. And push star eight to talk. And officer God, I sincere prayer. And we're about to have church, y'all. And I remember my mother was singing old songs. Pass me not, old sister say Give my heart a cry. I want to, can we go back to this? Can we go back to this? Can we go back to this? See, it's all here. I want y'all to live up your thoughts. Have a see that's all here tonight. Y'all say, come on. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, raise your voice. Have a see that. Come on, everybody. Come on. I'm going to you. 
So I was just thinking, like, you know what? That's some good stuff. But you know what's better? Uh, Having somebody in the building. Come on. Yeah, we all know it's Minister Calvin Myers. Hey, Minister Calvin Myers. How you doing, brother? God bless everybody out here. God be the glory. We just love you. We Can you tell everybody what we're talking about today? Because it's on your time now. I'm going to fall back. We're going to be dealing with the two churches today, uh, by the grace of God. We're going to be dealing with the church of Sardis, and we're going to be dealing with the church of Philadelphia. So it's going to be a great topic. Uh, but before we go into the topic again, we just want to set up a prayer for the people that's in Houston, uh Texas, that's in Dallas, and that area, a lot of people are dealing with some serious flooding, and they're losing everything, folks. You had a car that was left out front, you lost your car. You had a home and whatever items you might have had in your pictures, uh, history, whatever it might have been, it's been wiped out. The flood has flooded. So let's join in today to do a corporate prayer. And it's important, this is the time when the church got to show that they are there for the people, y'all. Anybody can call the people and say, give us your money. The Lord told you to give me your money. When income tax time come, everybody want to preach how you rob me with tithing and offering. But they missed the major point that his house might be filled. Why do your house need to be filled? That it might be meat in my house. So this is the time where the church, and the people of God, because the church is not a building. I want everybody to think about this. We're not talking about a particular church. We're talking about the people of God, the ecclesia. That comes from, when they get the word ecclesiastic, come from ecclesia. We're talking about the people of God. So let's do a corporate prayer right now as we pray and believe God. And, beloved, if your church asks you, because our church always asks for things so they can get it out there, I'm sure our church is going to do something. So let's just be available, be ready to be a blessing to those people out there. You can't just send your money anywhere, but if you have a church that's for that cause, they're going to send people out there or they're going to find a way to get money and some type of material out there, we need to be able to be a blessing to our pastors, support our pastors as they support these people who are struggling out there. So let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you for everybody that's underneath the sound of our voice. Thank you for life, God. Thank you that you, you've been with all of us, Lord. Thank you for the good times and the bad times. Lord, you told us that all things work together for our good. God, even when we are hurting and we don't understand and we're feeling the pain, you said it's still working together for our good. The word of God said you wound us and you also heal us. God, you tell us in your word that enemy went it for evil, but you're going to use it for your good. I pray, God, for all those who are losing things, who are hurting, who are burdened down, who are crying, and they don't know. Some of them may not know if their loved ones is okay at this time. God, we pray for them. Lord. We pray that you encourage their heart. Build up their spirit, God. Tear down strongholds. Find the spirit of fear. Remove obstacles and wandering mind. God, give them peace right where they're at right now in the name of Jesus. 
Move by your spirit. Send the anointing that destroys the yoke. Tear down every stronghold, Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord, that the devil might do it to just discourage us, but God encourages us. Let them know the greatest he that is in them, that the devil is in the world. God, I pray also that you might use your people, anoint them afresh to be next to someone that they can tell them about Jesus in spite of all that's going on, God, because we know that the devil would try to say and tell the people that this is God doing this to them. But, God, we know that you are a healer, and you will replenish everything, the caterpillars, the canker worms, and the locusts have eaten up. You are restored. So, God, we pray that you will restore everything a hundredfold that these people are losing, God. Look upon their heart and encourage them in this hour, Lord. They are hurting. You say the weak for those who do weep, Lord, and rejoice for those who do rejoice. So, God, we are at this stage. Our heart is hurting, but we believe in you to be a restorer. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I just want to let you know, like Will said, we made it another week. We love those people who are out there, and I can't imagine what it's like to go through flooding and your car and everything that you own has just been wiped out. And you pray to God that our government got something in place that is constructive, that is uh, able to help these people. And it's not just a shell with somebody sitting up there got a title making money, and then when it's time to withdraw to help the people, there's nothing there. It was all a fake. So we believe, God, that men will be accountable, that they will get the money they need and the supplies they need to bounce back and be restored. And we, as people of God, got to be concerned for those people. I am afraid of anybody who don't have a heart for other people when they're down and fallen and trodden, when trials and tribulations hit someone else, and it's not your house and you don't care if that's their problem, they should have put money away or what have you. If you got a spirit like that, you need to check yourself. You need to check yourself. You got to say, Lord, create me a clean heart, oh God, and renew the right spirit within me. Folks, these are days when we got to check ourselves as we examine our own heart. And my prayer is that we will always examine our own heart. We want you to know here on Sound Radio, on the church radio, when we share and teach these Bible study and sessions, We're not here to tear down individuals. We're not attacking people. We're not attacking nobody. We're here to build up the body of Christ. We're not in the business of destroying people's character and putting them down. But the devil will tell people he's talking about you personally. You got to be careful, man. The Bible says we're not ignorant of his what? Devices. The devil got devices. And he'll have you mad at folks for something that, he telling you they're talking about you, and they're not even thinking about you. You don't even see these people, don't hear from these people, but the devil I told them they're talking about you. And so in discord among the brethren, but we're here to build up the body of Christ. Anytime we do this radio talk show, we are here to build up, to strengthen, to correct. The same word of God that build you up, build me up. The same word of God that rebuke you, rebukes me. The same word of God that corrects you, corrects me. I don't have all the answers. I I know I haven't arrived. So I'm not one that likes to preach a self-righteous message. I like to put myself in the situation. With all that being said, we're dealing with the book of Revelation. Now, again, let me share with you. Revelation, the word revelation means to unveil, 
to uncover that which is hidden is unveiled. So we deal with a great book. I call it a great book. Every time I read this book as a young man, I, my mind goes back to when I was a young man who didn't know nothing about God. Fifteen years old, think I'll pick up Revelation and read it. To me, it was scary. It had dragons in it. It had frogs in it and giant things. And, you know, your kid, you, as a young man, your mind, your imagination runs wild, and it talks about different things that will happen in the end time. And it sounded scary. It sounded like a nightmare or something like that, something that Stephen King would write, you know. So here you are as a young kid reading this book and not knowing the spiritual part of it. You understood some things about people getting marks in their head, a man is coming that's called the Antichrist, and people would turn each other in. You read about locusts coming on the earth with face like a woman, teeth like a lion, uh, uh, face like a man, I'm sorry, teeth like a lion, hair like a woman, a body like a horse, and a scorpion tail. And when it sting you, it's like the sting of a scorpion that kills people, a thick darkness being released on the earth like men never seen before. It sounds crazy. It sounds like hell was released on earth. Oh, but I tell you, people think this is hell on earth. They didn't see them yet. Wait till the moon turned red and all these other things start happening. And the encouraging thing that, beloved, we got to know about is that we will not be here when this happens. Now, I know some saints preach that we're going through the great tribulation and all that other stuff. I promise you, we're not going through that tribulation. God has never allowed his people to go through the tribulation with the wicked. When Egypt went through, the other Hebrews on the other side, and uh, I think it was called a caution. They was not going through. So one part was wicked and they were suffering. The other part was not. When Noah told to build the ark, he brought the flood. Noah and his eight people would survive. The rest of the world got wiped out. God don't judge the world, the sinners, with the saints with the world. When Lot was warned to come out of Sodom and Gomorrah, after he got them out of Sodom and Gomorrah, then he rained down hell fire. The question was asked, will you destroy the righteous with the wicked? No, he will not. And we got this assurance that when these things happen, we will not be here. Some people say we're already in the tribulation. I promise you, we're not here yet. Because it talks about one-third of the people will be dying from water. Warm wood is going to hit the earth. That's right. It's a star called Warm Wood. And when he hit that earth in the river, two-thirds of the people are going to die that drinks the water. So it's a lot of things that's going to take place on the earth, folks. And so we right now, we're just going to show you, going to deal with the church. And as we deal with the church, then we're going to go continue just to ride on through the book of Revelation. Revelation is a stunning book. It is a book that shows you character. It is a book that unveils who the devil really is. It is a book that tells you the history, the past, the present, and the future. It is the book that lets you know what God is saying and what he's thinking about doing and what he's going to do. It is a book that shows you what's going to happen to the nation, how they're going to all come together. But at the end, we win. So it teaches you the end. It's like watching a movie. You begin to realize, I wonder how all this is going to play out. What is the end? 
Have you ever watched the movie and be during the beginning of the movie? It looks like it's no way out. But then when you get to the end, you realize victory was surely to come to those who was on the right side. So we're dealing with the, the book of Revelation. And while we're there, John has seen Jesus. John, the one whom the Lord loveth. John, the 17-year-old kid who used to lay his head on Jesus' shoulder. John, the one that Jesus told him and him only who it was that would betray him at the dinner table. When everybody said, is it I, is it I, is it I? And John asked the question, and Jesus said, it is the one that dipped with me at the same time I dipped, and he realized it was Judas. Peter didn't know it was Judas. Nobody else knew. As a lesson for all of us who is a leader, let me say this, those of you who are leaders, those of you who shall lead, and those of you who are in leadership for a while, Jesus never treated Judas no different than nobody else the whole time. Yet in the gospel, he said, have not I chosen 12 of you, not 11, 12 of you, and one of you are a devil. But nobody knew who the devil was. You would have think it might have been Peter because he had the biggest mouth and he was always getting rebuked. But that ain't the devil. Sometimes we can misconstrue who people is because we think we got people figured out and we not, we're not God, folks. Because somebody speaks their mind and people could be open opinion. I'm an open opinion person. And sometimes folks get nervous when you've got an open opinion and how you voice your opinion. They think you're a troublemaker. Folks, let me tell you something right now. God gives you the freedom to speak your mind and open your opinion. In this country, in this country, you are able to speak your mind. God's not against you speaking your mind. He just don't want you to be the person that starts trouble. It's okay to say, well, I don't agree with that. I think it should be done. It's all right. It's okay. God didn't make all of us the same way. We can't get mad because somebody don't agree with us or they don't agree with what's going on. They got a freedom of choice. If everybody go and just get along with everything that's done, even though they know it's wrong, you're dealing with witchcraft. Something wrong. When somebody wrong and ain't nobody saying that, we're all in trouble because we went right along. That's how Jim Jones got all those people, took them to an island, and gave them poison and killed everybody because nobody wanted to say nothing. And those who did say something, they got killed. So we got to learn sometimes you have to say something when something is wrong. You got to say, wait a minute here. Is, are we going the right way? Is, is everything okay here? You know, it's something wrong with that. How many of us got kids, we allow our children to speak what they believe? You got to as a parent. How, how, how are your kids going to come to you and talk to you if every time you talk to them, you tell them what you want them to do and they don't have a voice in it? They're not going to come to you. They going to someone else. So it behooves you. What you don't do with your kids, don't try to make God church the same way. You don't want to treat grown people like they're little boys. So what we want to learn to listen is give people the freedom to say things and hear what they got to say. You might learn something because from their perspective, what they're saying, they're not your enemy. They just maybe they don't see it that way yet. Maybe you got to give them more clarity. Doesn't mean they're against you. Oh, you're against the leadership. You're against that. You're, oh, maybe they don't understand. Did that ever cross our mind? When Peter kept 
disagreeing with thinking Jesus had to check him, but Jesus loved Peter. He didn't look at Peter as though he was his enemy. Jesus knew who Judas was. Judas was never rebuked, never in trouble. Oh, my correction, he was rebuked at the alabaster boxing. He got rebuked then because he started counting money when he seen the woman break the alabaster. That's the only time Judas got rebuked, y'all. Other than that, you didn't hear nothing from Judas. He took care of the money. Now, it doesn't mean that all the Judas is all about money, no, but Judas had a hidden agenda. He cared about money. Now, we know that the Bible said, for the love of money is the root to all evil. We understand that. Anybody love money, you better be careful. They go along with everything, but they love money. Well, people love money more than they love people, you're going to have a problem. I promise you that. You would know them by their fruits. But anyway, we talk about Revelation. Now, Revelation is a book that, again, it means to unveil. John, who was 17 years old when he saw Jesus, died on the cross. When he got filled with the Holy Ghost, young buck, filled with the Holy Ghost, powerful. Now he's a 90-year-old man. They put him on an island called Patmos. Apotomous, how you want to pronounce it, people pronounce it different ways. It was a place where they put the worst criminals at. And this was a 90-year-old man. And this place was like a volcanic place. It was a treeless place. It was a rocky island. It was about 6 to 10 miles or 30 miles southwest of Samos. It was made for a place of exile by the Romans. Now, the Romans made this for the lowest of the criminals. And it was two reasons why you would be there for banishment. It was a place of banishment. They tried to boil John in oil or water, and God didn't allow it to happen. So they put him on this island called Potsdamus. Now, the two reasons you will be banished there, one was for testifying of Jesus Christ, and the other one was for preaching the word of God. Folks, we got it good like gravy here. Woe unto us if we don't tell people about Jesus. We got it too good. This man was put on an island with the worst criminals, murderers, you name it. They could have been rapists, killers, all kind of killers, murderers, whatever they did. They was there on an the island, and they put John right with them because he was talking about the Lord. This is how bad they hated Jesus. And I'm going to tell you something. It's days like this. It's going to come back again, y'all. We can shout. We can dance all up on the church floor and tear up the carpet. Can we put a run in the floor dancing so hard? But I'm telling you now, the devil's going to bring back tribulation. When persecution comes, <clears throat> you're going to know who's real and who's not then. Anybody can say who's real or who's not when they all dressed up. Oh, I think they are phony and all that. And you may be surprised. The people that you think is phony and hypocritin, they may run circles around you when that day comes. <laughs> they may live holier than you live in and preach, preach the word and pursue God with everything. Amen. This is why you can't cast away people so soon. Oh, they sinned in the past. Shut your mouth. You don't know who that person's going to turn out to be. Some great warriors were those who had sin problems in the past, and they raised up, and God continued to use them as mighty women of God, mighty men of God. 
The Bible said, let the wheat and the tears grow together, and God would do the separate, not us. Because we got people, they just, they omnipresent, they omniscient, they omnipotent, they everything wrapped up in one. Next thing you might as well call them Jesus. You get me? Like, they know who's going to make it and who ain't going to make it. No, you don't. The only person who knows going to make it is God, not us. Because I've seen people who were sloppy living, and folks always talked about how sloppy the person lived, and then those folks died who were talking about them, and that person turned their life around and lived holy and ran fervently after God with everything that was in them. So to mount the island called Potsmouth, John is on this island. He talks about some of the other churches. We dealt with those churches uh, the last few weeks. We talked about those churches that were there. I think one was Thyatira. Uh, we talked about the church of Smyrna. We talked about the church of Ephesus. We talked about the church of Pergamos. Okay? So today is the church of Sardis. Sardis, I'm sorry, Sardis. And let's read what it says about the church of Sardis. Sardis is a very interesting church. Now, again, folks, like we said before, the church represent these were seven churches that did exist during that period of time. But the representation of these churches represented the whole body of Christ in seven dispensations. We'll go through each one of these sermons that you're reading about. Each one of these church histories, the church as a body of Christ, the seven dispensations will go through that, the whole body of Christ. Not only that, all seven of these churches represent every church, building church that's out here today. They're in one of these stages. But not only that, the more important thing, and this is what I want to run home to everybody, each of us individually is in one of these stages. I want you to see yourself in here. I know I do. When I read this, I don't read this as for, oh, this is for Brother Johnny Walker. No, this is for me. Oh, this is for Sister Yo-Yo. She got to hear this. I know this got her name on it, signed, sealed, and delivered. This is hers. Nah, this is for me. So when we go into this church, we don't want nobody to think, oh, they're talking about me or they're talking about my church. Think about this to yourself. If you would judge yourself, what do the book of Romans say when you take the communion? If we would judge ourselves. Now, worry about what somebody else judges you about. We will not be condemned with the world. See, it's not what the world thinks about you. It's about you judging yourself. Have you judged yourself lately? You know what made Peter so good? When he heard Jesus spoke, he didn't say to the other men that was on the boat with him, did y'all hear that? He's talking to y'all. No, Peter got on his knees and said, depart from me, Lord. I'm an unclean man. I'm not a righteous man. Peter knew who he was. This is why God loved Peter. Peter was a cursing fisherman. If you don't believe he cursed, you go to the back of the gospel and see what Peter did when Jesus said, you're going to deny me, and he said, no, I won't. Peter cussed, lied, and denied. All three, a trilogy. Cussed, lied, and denied. Yeah, yeah, good old Peter. But he loved the God, y'all. This is why no matter what people go through, we can't say who loves God and who don't. While the Lord said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandment. 
you read that Bible, you see a lot of people that love God didn't keep his commandments, but God still loved them, and God still spoke well of them. So we're going to deal with the church, the message to the church of Sodom. We're going to be reading from verse 1. I don't know if my buddy Kevin is on here. Kev, if you're on here, just give me a shout-out, buddy, if you're there. I'm not sure if you're there or not. Or if anybody else would like to speak or say something, just push star 8. Remember that, people. If you want to say something, if you got any questions, or if you want to add to it, it doesn't matter. Just push star 8. Remember, Calvin don't got all the answers. We're here together. We just share it and have him Bible study. Amen? Amen. Unto the angel of the church of Sardis write, These things says he that has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. Listen to this. I know thy works, that you have the name that you live it and are dead. Listen, he said, I know your works. You got a name that you're alive. But this is the Lord saying, he said, but you're dead. Listen, he said, be watchful. And strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. You got a little bit of strength, but I want you to do something. Be watchful, strengthen the thing that that living that is ready to die. For I have not found your works perfect before God. Remember, therefore, how you have received and heard, and hold fast and repent. If therefore you should not watch, I will come to thee as a seed. And thou shalt not know what hour I will come upon thee, a thief. Now, all of us know when a thief comes, he comes when you're not expecting. He don't send you a postcard. I'm coming at, on that Saturday at 2 o'clock in the morning while you're away in the Bahamas, and I'm going in your house. You're not going to know that. He's coming unannounced. Thou has a few names in Sardis which have not defiled their garments. What is the garment? Their spirit, y'all. That's what the garment is. It's symbolic of your spirit. They didn't defy their spirit. They should walk with me in white, for they are worthy. He that overcometh the same should be clothed in white raiment. And I would not blot. Uh-oh, did you say blot, Lord? Blot, once saved, all but saved. And I love the brothers. And I know the people are sincere. Block? What do you mean, block? Block means to erase, y'all. You know that thing at the other end of that number two pencil? We call it an eraser. Block means to blot out, erase. Blot out his name out of the book of life. So people will tell you once saved while we're saved. But right here he said blot out. Now who's lying, you or God? Okay, you think about it. Now God will never turn his back on you. But if you make up your mind that you're not going to change your ways, then you leave him no choice because when you read Revelation near the end, people that's practicing sin is not going to make it in. Notice I said practicing sin. I'm not talking about practice like Alan Iverson, practice. They're talking about practice. We talk about practicing sin, y'all. <clears throat> in other words, this is what we do every day. I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my father and before his angel. He that has an ear to hear, let him hear what the churches say unto the churches. I want to point out a few things here that Jesus is talking about in this book of the church of Sardis. We want to talk about the thing. He talks about the church. The Bible talks about him 
said to the angel that had the seven spirits of God, the seven stars. The combination of the church. This is the combination of this church. I know your works, that you have a name, that you are alive, but you're dead. You got a reputation that you are alive. You got it going on. He said, but you're dead spiritually. What is it that makes people die spiritually? Is it not enough reading, not enough praying, not living the right way? And a lot of times when we say people ain't living nothing, it doesn't mean that they went totally back in the world. You can be in the church and not live anything. doesn't mean that you're in the bars or the club, but it's in your mannerism, how you're wired. What do you, you can be in the church and don't get along with people. You're not living nothing. You're still bitter towards people, don't like people, can't stand people, don't want, you see a person come up the aisle, you roll your eyes, go the other way. You, you, you got a name that you live in. But oh, when pastor preached, you ripped the rug up dancing down here. But you still ain't make peace with the people in the church or with your spouse or your loved one. It could be people from years you haven't forgiven. What is it that's out there? Okay, you have a name that you live in, but you are dead. Here is the counsel of the Lord is this. Be watchful. God is saying to us, be watchful. And listen what he says. Strengthen the things which remain in. There are some things you got strengthened. Strengthen those things which remain in. Don't let everything go out. Don't let the candle go out. Always keep your candle burning bright. It's very imperative that your candle remain within you. Uh, a few months back ago, we talked about the five wise virgins, the five foolish virgins. The five wise ones took extra oil. The five foolish ones let their oil ran out. Uh, the lamp represented the commandment. The oil represented the law. So the commandment is as a lamp, Proverbs said, and the law is as, as the light. And reproof of instructions are the ways of life. So God got a way. Strengthen those things which remain that are ready to die. For I have not found your works perfect before God. And listen what Jesus said. Remember, therefore, for how you have received and heard. And remember, did you, have you ever, when you read and you first got saved and how you was on fire for God and you loved the, world, the Lord, Jesus is saying, remember how you first received and heard the word. Go back to what it was like when you used to read the word, how you used to pray, how you used to consecrate yourself before the Lord. Remember and have you how you have received and heard. You received the word with grace. You received the word with a humble spirit. You received the word with an open spirit. You was open to hearing the word. You didn't get angry when the pastor preached. I ought to throw something up there and hit him upside his ball head. He's preaching against me. I know he's talking about me. Don't get mad when you hear the word of God. The Bible says, whom the Lord loveth, he chases, even as a father does with his children. So it said, therefore, how you have received and heard, remember that. And then it said, hold fast. Hold fast to the thing that is strong. You hold fast to those things. And repent. Repent. Repent just means a change of mind, change of heart. Now, that doesn't mean every time the pastor makes the altar call, you got to go let the whole church know you got something you need to repent of. That's for the altar with those who are coming down for the first time 
or who are coming back to the Lord, they may want to go down there. And you can repent right where you're at. But if you feel as though you need to go down there and make peace, you can do that. Nobody's going to hold that against you. And listen what it said. And hold fast and repent. The warning, now this is the warning. If therefore you will not watch, I will come as a thief. And thou should not know what hour I will come upon you. He's coming like a thief. Now, some people, they waited for the rapture, and they went home. The Lord could come and take you home. He doesn't have to rapture. He might just come and get you and take you home to be with him. He said he'll come like a thief. And a thief is somebody you don't know when they're going to break in your car or steal from your house or stick their hand down in your purse and steal your wallet. That's a thief. He does it when you're not paying attention, when you're not watching, when you're not aware of what your guards are down. Now, let's look at the promises of God. The promises of God is you have a few names, even in Sardis, which have not defiled their garment. They shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. And listen, y'all, when you think about this, God is not talking about titles and positions. Your garment could be very clean. You don't need a title to do that. It's with your heart. For they are worthy. He that overcometh the same should be clothed in white raiment. And I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my father and before his angel. Have you ever gone somewhere and met somebody <clears throat> that was really important? And this other important person invited you there, and they let you meet someone that you've heard so much about, and they say, hey, this is Michael. Michael, this is my dad, so-and-so. This is he, Michael, and he's telling his dad about you. And his dad is well-known. And his dad smiled at you and said, how you doing, Michael? I've heard a lot of good things about you. Man, that does something to you when people have heard about you when your name get out there. How much more about Jesus telling God about you? And when he said when he said that to God, Lord, Father, this is Michael. And the Father said, hi, Michael, I've heard so much about you. I'm proud of you. And the angels, all of the angels standing there looking at you, they're hearing about what you've done. You know, a lot of times we want that type of pat on the back from well-known people but folks, it's better when it's from God. I promise you that. It's better when it's from God. And listen what he said. They are clothed in white, and I would not blot out their name and such and such a church. And I would confess them before my father and before his angel. He that has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit has to say to the churches. The church of Sardis with the church. It was called a dead church, though it had a name that it lived. That was a, a formalistic type of church, a church given over to formal and rich, ritualistic things. It worshiped. It had the form of a godlessness without the power, the godliness without the power. They had the form of godliness, but without the power. The meaning of the word Sardis is, is uh, it's, what's that, a crappy one, or those who came out of, or so it is excellent type of the church of 
of that time. So this is the church who had a lot of problems during that time. It, it had some. It had a good form. The form of it was good. The building looked good. The inside looked good. The people were dressed good. They shouted like they was good. You know, it, if it was a church that that would remind you of this, it was when uh, the art came at the time that God told Samuel he was going to bring a judgment upon Israel that tingled the, the ear of everybody to hear it. And when they went and grabbed that Ark of the Covenant <clears throat> from wherever they had it, in the basement or wherever, and they brought that Ark in the camp, the whole Israel shouted. I mean, they shouted. It was a great shout that went out in the Israel camp. And the Philistines, they shouted so loud to the point the Philistines said, what is that all about? And they heard, oh, they just brought the Ark of the Covenant into the camp. And the Philistines got a little scared. But one man stood up and said, listen, y'all, don't you let that scare you. We're going to do this to them today. And they went out there and fought against those Philistines. And those Philistines ate them up. I mean, they took it to them. And not only did they took it to them, they killed everybody and took the Ark of the Covenant. You remember the story. You know where I'm going at. <clears throat> uh-huh. We going there. And when they took the Ark of the Covenant at the time, Eli's two sons was killed, who was fake priests. They were just as fake as a $3 bill. And when they died, the wife went into labor. And as she was pushing out the baby, she died. She called the baby Ichabod. And that means the glory of God has departed. Listen, y'all. They played themselves. Are you playing yourself? We all got challenges that we deal with. All of us do. Only thing I'm saying is this to all of us. Examine yourself. You don't want to play yourself. They had a name. They appeared like they were preachers. They appeared like they were teachers. They appeared like they were prophets. They appeared like they was really getting it going in. They were getting it in. But there was no power there. And when problems happened, there was no substance that would stand them. The enemy came in and just did what he wanted to do. It was Ichabod all along. In other words, the Bible said they have a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. You know, go to the club on Saturday, but Sunday in church. Same type of dress code, just a different type of building. Hello. So this is what was going on at the time. And so the you will leave yourself yourself vulnerable to the devil to come in and do whatever he want to do. And you got to remember, folks, Satan is not your friend. You got to know the saints. He doesn't care about you. His job is to wipe you off the face of the earth and your children and your sons, your daughters, the wife, your husband. He want to make everybody look like a fool. And when you are down and tried, he said, I never liked it you anyway. So you can't play the game with the devil. You got to remember, y'all, you're dealing with a fallen angel. Now, with all that being said, before we go into one of our favorite churches and all of our favorite churches, Philadelphia, we want to open it up. If you have something you want to add to that or say something, or maybe my boy Kev is out there or Aaron might be out there. If somebody's out there might want to say something, anybody, Ronald or anybody, feel free to say something. I got friends who I send this text to, and I know some of them be listening I wish they would say something sometime. Talk to Brother Calvin. You know him. We got to tell me your name. 
just say something. Just say, I don't want to say my name. Bang, this is it. I'm dropping it. I'm out. I listen. So if anybody want to say something, do me a favor. Please, star eight, come on on board, say something. So it's open for all of you who would like to say this. Say something. So don't. Come on, y'all. Talk to the brother now. Come on. That means push star eight, people. Remember, this is Sound City Radio. Welcome to church. The true friend, will of God. Now, um, all you got to do is dial that number 724-444-7444. Put the PIN number in, 143-906-POUND. Then you push one pound into the show and start right to talk. Here at Sound City Radio, we always about freedom of speech, freedom to grow, and freedom to learn and know. All we ask you to do is be real, be safe, and sure enough, be ready. Back to you, Minister Kyle. And this, I want to say this to everybody. Please believe and hear me, beloved. There's a lot of ways people think they're going to happen, and it's so sad. People are worshiping planets, y'all. They're worshiping idols. Folks, let me tell you something. God did not create us to worship no planets. He put the planet underneath Adam's feet. You go read Psalm chapter 8. You've made him lower than angels, yet you crowned him with glory and honor. The world's out there. God's got a plan for all of us. He didn't make us to be losers. We are victorious. We win. And the way he made the world, he made us to rule the world. You don't see nobody worshiping a house, do you? The planet is like a house. It's a place that you inhabit to live at. You don't worship a house. People give honor to the builder, but they don't worship the house. The question was asked, who gets the more honor? Do the house get the honor or the one that built the house get honor? God created the planet. You worship the Lord, not the planet. You see, all these are things that send people to hell. This is how people miss God. And the devil laughed his off. He said, those dumb human beings, they worship in planet. And he told his demons, keep them divided and separated. Turn the Muslim against the Christian and the Christian against let them all fight against each other. Because Satan knows it's only one way to get to heaven. He knows that. He's much intelligent enough to know that. Remember, folks, he was in heaven. So if he can make up some religion and have you serve that religion, he got you. And when you die, he tells you Jesus is the kingdom of this kingdom in the spiritual world. You ain't going in. You worship this other God. He ain't in that kingdom. Let me tell you something, folks. People have seen things when they died and went over to the other side. You better make sure, you better make sure that you didn't believe a tradition. Something sounds good. It sounds real, but it ain't real. I'm telling you now. You better be careful and make sure you got the truth because if you don't know for sure, you are in trouble. You cannot afford to miss God and lose your soul. You can't take that chance. Your soul is too important. And once you take your last breath and you die, it's too late to come back and say, oh, it's real. I'm sorry. It's too late. You made your choice. So remember, push that number star eight and just come on in if you have anything you need to say. We're waiting for you to hear something from you. You don't got to be afraid. There is no dumb question. The only dumb question is the question that was never asked. Never was that. 
All hearts clear? Anybody want to say anything? All right. We're going to move into the Church of Philadelphia. Now, we live in a city, ironically, they named our city after one of these seven churches. The people in the days of old were very biblical-sound people. They read the Bible a lot. And many of these other religions don't like it because they said it was the white man's Bible. But what they failed to realize, King James translated the Bible. He did not write the Bible because this Bible condemns everybody. It don't care what color you are. And when the truth be known, all of us came from Adam. Does it really matter? All of us came from Adam. Have you ever, and this is where a lot of our people are very slow of learning. We want to call the Caucasian man blue-eyed devil, but they didn't know their history. There are people that's black overseas, and they have blue eyes. Hello. They're dark-skinned, and they have blonde hair. Hello, and it's been like that for a long, long time. They just lighter, y'all. They still a part of the human race. Amen? Can't call people devil if they dark as you and they got blue eyes. When you think all that came, everybody came from Adam. Everybody come from Adam. We I not realize a lot of our people we are we get stuck and we get gullible. And anytime people tell you they reading books from Egypt, Folks, let me tell you something. Don't you read no books coming out of no Egypt. Anybody know Egypt? They were devil worshippers. Listen, folks, there are 15 types of wisdom out here. There are the Bible calls, some of these books, doctrines of devils. Anybody telling you they read some books out of Egypt that said different crazy, whacked out stuff? The Egyptians served snake as a god, cat as a god. Cow as a god, sheep as a god, lace as a dog, god, grasshopper was a god, the frog was a god. They serve all kind of crazy. And you got black people, for some reason, think their ancestors came out of Egypt, but a lot of our ancestors were devil worshippers. But don't please, don't, don't go read some book out of Egypt and then say that, well, the book that, you ever read this book from Egypt? Man, I don't read no books from Egypt. Those Egyptian people, uh, listen, unless Jesus is Lord, I ain't getting into no book from Egypt. It's the reason why the devil used the Egyptian folks. They was into that witchcraft heavy, heavy. When people try to tell you that Satan didn't want to, he sinned because he didn't want to bow to a man. First of all, let me tell you something. Hear me very clearly. Satan sinned in eternity way before Adam was born or created. He already sinned. He sinned because he wanted to be like God. He didn't sin because he didn't want to bow to no Adam. That's not even scripture. The Bible said he makes his angels spirits and his ministers a flame of fire. What he was saying, the angels, the word angel means messenger. They're here to serve us, not bow to us and worship us. They're here to serve us, to help us. We bow our knees to Jesus and Jesus only. Angels bow down to Jesus and Jesus only. And you got to understand that. So we're going to look at the church, <clears throat> excuse me, of Philadelphia. The messengers, the message to Philadelphia. And to the angel of the church of Philadelphia write, these things says he that is holy, 
he that is true. I love this one. He that has the key of David. He that opens and no man shut it. He that shut it and no man opens. Boy, it's laying it down. Jesus is a bad boy, man. He is a bad boy. Listen, it talks about him that is holy and true. Not only is he holy, he's true. They got some people they claim holiness, but they ain't true. They ain't true. And then talk about he that has the keys of David. What is that? He's from the offspring of David. And when you hear the word keys, keys means authority. Keys means authority to unlock some things that is locked. Are you hearing me? Keys mean the thing that can lock things that's unlocked, but unlock things that is locked. And so it says, he that has the keys of David. He that opens and no man can shut. When God opened the door for you, beloved, not no devil in hell can shut it. And when God closed the door for you, not no devil in hell can open it up. Listen to what Jesus said. I know your works. Behold, I've set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. For thou hast a little strength and hast kept my word. A lot of times people talk about who the strongest is. It's not, it doesn't matter about how strong you are. God said you have a little strength and you have kept my word. That means when you see the word kept, that means obey. You've obeyed my word and has not denied my name. Sometimes people are weak, y'all. They're weak. They're doing all they can do to stand on. But he said you have a little strength. You don't got much strength. You got a little strength, but you kept my word. So what you got to remember, sometimes people got great faith, but little strength. They had little strength, and they kept God's word. I know your works. Behold, I've set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. Have you ever had God open doors for you and people try to shut the door on your toes? Not even your toes, on your fingers. Oh, they would love to set you down. They would love to set you up. They would love to set you out. But God said, I set an open door before you that who no man can shut. Listen, men try to shut doors on people, y'all. He didn't say the devil. He said men that no man can shut. For thou hast a little strength and hast kept my word and has not denied my name. You have a little strength. You didn't have great strength, but you kept God's word, and you didn't deny his name. You ever seen people when time talk about Jesus around people? They don't want to talk about Jesus. Hey, praise the Lord, brother. They get quiet. They try to get away from you in the market. Move quicker. Don't talk to Jesus about me around these people. <laughs> Verse 9. Behold, I will make them that are of the synagogue of Satan. Listen to this. Another synagogue of Satan would say they are the Jews and are not. There's a lot of people out here saying we're the real Jews and they're not. But do lie. Behold, I will make them to come and worship before your feet. Man, this is heavy, y'all. This is what happened to Joseph. His brothers had to come and bow down and worship before his feet. And to know that I have loved 
disease. He said when he brings these people to worship at your feet, they're going to know that he loves you. The little strength one, the one that did not deny his name, he's going to make them know that he loved you. Sometimes people make you feel as though you're not loved, you're not important. God don't care about you, neither do we. You could starve, die, or whatever. But he said, I'm going to make sure they know I loved you. Because you have kept my word and my patience. God's patience, y'all. I also will keep you from the hour of temptation. There is an hour of temptation that's coming upon the world that would judge the world. The world is going to go through like never before. And God said, I'm going to keep you from the hour of temptation. Folks, the hour of temptation is coming when Satan is going to come, and he's going to come in like a roaring lion. The hour of temptation is going to come when people are going to be tempted to take that mark of the beast. They're going to have to take it. Listen, you want the ideal of knowing that God will let the tribulation pass over you. Some things you hear that happen to other people, it won't happen to you because God allowed it to just go right on over your head. He preserves you. He protects you. He watches over you. And listen, because you have kept my word and patience, I also will keep you from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. This is coming upon the whole world. So remember, this is the seven dispensations of the churches also. It represents this seven church, these seven churches represent the seven dispensations of the body of Christ. It represents the buildings that are out there that represent Christ. It represents the individuals that represent Christ. And listen, verse 11, behold, I come quickly. Hold fast that. Hold fast, hold hold that fast, which thou hast, that no man take your crown. Hold fast that which you do have. Let no man take your crown from you. Him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God. He's going to make you a pillar when you overcome in his God, in the temple of his God. And he shall go no more out, and I will write upon him the name of my God, and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God. And I will write upon him my new name. He that has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit has to say. So God is talking to the church here in Philadelphia. This is a strong church. This is a good church. And if you realize something, how God is talking to this church, let's go and look over some of the landmarks of this church. This is, first it's talking about he's the true God. He that is true. He has the keys of David. He opened and no man can shut. He shut and no man can open. Secondly, he talks about the condemnation of the church. Okay, uh, let's see right here. And he says that he had the works before I set before you an open door. This is the accommodation he had for. He said, I've set before you an open door. Did anybody out there know what it's like when God opened a door for you? 
man, you better recognize when God opened the door for you. You don't look at that door and turn around and walk in another direction. You don't get scared, walk through the door. I know it seems unfamiliar, but go through the door. Doors don't always stay open. I promise you that. When it's open, you need to walk through that door. He said, I opened the door and no man could shut the door. There are people who would try to shut that door on you. Don't use him. You going to use her to sing? Oh, no, huh? Oh, who you using? Oh, 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 not, yes, you sure you want to use her? They're trying to shut the door. You sure you want to use him? Who you going to use? Oh, I wouldn't use him. You don't want to use brother so-and-so? God opened that door. Walk through it. Don't get nervous. Don't get scared. He opened the door that no man can shut it. And listen, but you have a little strength. You don't have great strength, but a little strength. And has kept my word. We know the Bible said be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. But some people got little strength, and God brag on those people that got little strength. And you know why he can brag on them? Because they keep God's word and have not denied his name. They got a little strength, but they still holding on to Jesus. <laughs> Folks to try to come and beat them down, but they still try to hold on to Jesus. They didn't got all the strength like all the bishops and the ministers and the teachers and the pastors do, but they got some strength. And listen to this right here, what it says right here. The promise is, behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews. Now, these people of the synagogue of Satan, they're not saved, and they claim they're the real Jews, and he said they are not. It's ironic that a few uh, churches back, there were other people who said they was real Jews. And the Bible said, and find them out to be liars. They thought, Some said they was apostles and they was liars. Some said they was in the synagogue of the Jews. They was real Jews, and they are not. Listen, but do lie. Behold, I will make them come and worship before your feet, and know that I have loved thee. Because you have kept my patience. God said you kept my patience. Is anybody out there keeping God patience? Are you patient with people? Or you don't have no patience for nobody? Not me, honey. If they don't get it done by such and such time, I'm cutting them off. They got to get it together. Well, thank God you ain't God. <laughs> I also will keep you from the hour of tribulation. And listen, which my, with my patience, from the hour of tribulation, which should come upon the world to try them. They that dwell upon the earth, behold, I come quickly. He said, I'm coming quick when I come, y'all. Hold fast that which you have, and let no man take away your crown. Listen, you got a crown. Hold fast that which you have. A lot of times people forget that they are crowns that they're going to get. Uh, I teach new members class in, at my church, and and in, it was in one article we used to teach about the crowns that people get. There are many crowns. There's a crown of righteousness. There's a crown of faithfulness. There's going to be a crown of salvation. Um, when it's sold, there's a crown of – it's so many crowns that people are going to get. Rewards for what they did on the earth, y'all. Listen, in that day and that time, we won't be talking about title. We're going to see the real work that people did. 
and God recognized it because he knew their heart. In the book of Jeremiah, he said he tries the heart, even the reign of the heart, to give every man a reward according to as his work should be. So in that day, people who thought you was doing it for brownie points, doing it to be seen, doing it because they thought you wanted to preach, doing it because they thought you were doing it to get recognition to yourself, they're going to be shocked when they see and know the idea that you was doing it as the Lord led you to do that. You didn't care about those titles and positions. And they're going to be surprised to know that you're going to get crowned. This is what it's all about, folks. My pastor used to, the late Ben Smith used to say, when the rubber meets the road. <laughs> That's what it's all about. They're going to give crowns. And him that overcomes what I make a pillar. In the temple, my God, you know what a pillar is? A pillar is something that is solid, y'all. It helps hold the building up. My God, a pillar. And he should go no more out. My God, he's going to dwell. You're going to be in a place like a Psalm 91, dwelling in a secret place. And I will write upon him the name of my God. And my name, listen. And my name in the name of the city of my God, which is the New Jerusalem, which is coming down from heaven from my God. And I will write upon him my new name. He that has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit say to the churches. Man, let me tell you something. God got nothing but benefits and promises. Benefits and promises. The only thing he said, he know we're not perfect. You just read when people had little strength, and he told them to hold on. I like this about the church of Sardis and the church of Philadelphia. He doesn't talk about people that have great strength. And when you hear about the church of Philadelphia, you would think it was a church that was strong and mighty. No, this church had a little strength. But God said he opened a door before them that nobody could shut. Let me tell you something. When God is doing things for you, no one can shut it down. If they shut it, shut it down here, he'll open the door there. If they shut it down there, he'll open the door there. And then if they keep trying to shut it down, he'll open doors all over the place for you. You can't stop what God is trying to do. And God has start opening so many doors to the point they start saying, oh, you're doing that yourself. On your best day, you couldn't do that yourself. <laughs> it don't work like that. It's not he that amended himself is approved of the Lord, but it's whom the Lord amended is approved. Is there anyone out there, uh, star eight, just push the button, star eight, come on in. Drop something down. We listening. We want to hear what you got to say. We need your input. We want to hear if you have any questions. Please share with us. We love you out there. We just want to know that you're saying, you're sitting and you're listening, and just you know, just come on and say something if you did, because we love being a blessing to the body of Christ. I believe that the body of Christ must go back to building disciples. We got to get out of all the screaming and hollering and squalling and all that stuff. Let's get back to discipling people. Let's go back to the old landmark. Let's go back to not denying the word of God. Let's get back to the fasting and the praying. I love it when we have prayer at the church. Man, I love prayer. I love it. I promise you all. I love it when we get to church and prayer. That is, that's when you're going into the zone. 
Mm, you're going in your zone when you're praying. And I love corporate prayer. Corporate prayer is something that's one of the most beautiful things that God ever created. When we can come together and pray earnestly unto the Lord, um, and as we continue to pray together, corporately, collectively together, and we all got one mind to pray for lost souls, to pray for the power of God to move inside the building, he's going to show up. Some people want to be individual superstars. Listen, y'all. God don't need no individual superstar. He like a corporate anointing. Everybody got a gift that God can use. I'm talking to you who got a gift who may not know what your gift is. You may be a prophetess or a prophet or a teacher or a minister. You can be a pastor. I don't know who you are. You might be somebody that God dropped in your spirit to do something on Facebook and send out a verse and each day a nugget to encourage the saints, words of encouragement with scripture. You might be somebody who on Facebook, when you do something, people follow you and they listen to your quote, they love it. It could be various things, just wise saying. A proverb is a wise saying. Whoever you are, whatever you might be doing, the body of Christ needs you. Folks, let me tell you who I'm aiming for. Y'all know who Brother Calvin aiming for. I love the things of God. I love talking about God. I love building up the people of God. That's all. I love doing it. I love doing it. I don't hate doing it. I love doing this. I get excited to do this. But let me tell you who I'm really targeting. I'm going after those who done backslid. I'm going after the backsliders. I want to go after the sinners. Oh, I love going after the sinners. Because it's the sinners, the one who want to come in here and love God with all their heart. The Bible says, he that has been forgiven for least loveth less, but he that has been forgiven for much loveth more. Listen, man, I'm going to tell you something. God is going to save a lot of people through the Proverbs 8.12. You know what Proverbs 8.12 says? I wisdom draw with prudence, and to give you the mind of the witty invention. People are going to get saved on Internet, social media, it's going to be sick how God going to save people. He's going to save them all kind of ways. And when he saved them, they're going to be, listen, I'm telling you now what's about to happen. It's already happening. He's going to allow them to be disciples through the Internet and through social media. I know this going to mess with a lot of people, but let me tell you something, folks. The Bible said don't forsake the simile of yourself as the man of something. I know God called us to come to a church to come together. But I'm going to tell you this, hear me very clearly, God is raising up an army who's going to be able to hear the word through social media, and they're going to get discipled through that, and they're going to get built up, and they're going to hear what God is saying, and then they're going to be able to come to the church. you got to be able to build people up where they're at. You can't just bring them to the church. They might not be ready for church yet. Something might be going on in their spirit. The church can't handle that yet. Listen, y'all, when he gets them strong, they're going to come in. When they come in, they're going to be fresh and new. And then he's going to groom them to get the rest of the things they need. And this is why you got the five-fold ministry. And he gave some apostles and pastors and teachers and prophets and evangelists. The evangelist's job is to go get the law. That is the job of 
handle it. Their job is to go get sinners. That's their job. But even the evangelists at times need to be back where they can get stored. up. Never keep running until you get out of gas. You've got to learn how to sit down and get restored back up. You run out of gas, you're in trouble. Because sometimes you'd be so busy doing ministry, doing ministry, doing ministry, doing ministry, that you didn't get chance to sit down and get refilled up. One baptism, but many refillers. you got to make sure you get filled up too. Don't just keep running and keep running. And make sure whatever you're doing, some way it involves souls. You've got to be able to involve souls for the Lord. You've got to. People are hurting, y'all. People are dying. People are sick. People got questions why this happened to me. People are contemplating suicide. Come on. I mean, it's a lot of things that's happening. So we can't afford to ignore these people. It could be that neighbor down the street. It could be that relative, that family member. Folks, please, please understand. It's important that you be a shining light. Smile when you see people. You never know what they're going through. Smile. Give them a smile and a nod. And I'm not talking about that fake smile that you see at the job that people have downtown, but they just give you that fake smile. They give you a fake smile, and they don't mean it. Show some people with your smile. If you've got teeth, show it. If you don't, that's all right. Show them gum, but give them a smile. Shake their hand. Give them a hug. Hug people. Love people. And show them the love of God. You get what I'm saying? When people ask you for a dime or a quarter, give them a quarter. Give them a dime. Now, I'm not telling you to pull out a knot and they bust you upside your head. Even Brother Calvin got me robbed. No, you better pull out a quarter. If you got a knot and that's all you got, you better keep your knot in your pocket and keep stepping. <laughs> well, anyway, if anybody got something they might want to say, just put star eight, y'all. And I really want to hear from you. I thought my buddy Kevin was with me today. I don't know where he's at, but put a prayer out there for Kevin. He might be on vacation. He might be tied up, can't get to us today. But we just want to let him know we're keeping him in our prayers because we love him. Powerful man of God that loves the Lord. And so if anybody out there, family, that would like to say something, just put star eight. If you just want to comment on what you heard, put star eight. We would love to hear from you. And we're going to bring my buddy Crazy Will back in there. Will, if there's anything you want to say at this time, the floor is yours, buddy. No, this is just an awesome show. You got so many listeners. I think they just fun. They don't know what to do. They're like, yo, I just want to eat. You know how you get something to eat, and you'd be like, yo, this is mm-mm good, uh-uh good. You already know what it is. Hey, but they are really loving it, and I am too, because I'm telling you, sometimes you get a chance to learn. And hear a person who loves the Lord and talks the way you do with enthusiasm and, and, and make it so giddy. Like, you ever go to church sometime and you're like, uh, and then you start to fall asleep? You can't fall asleep with you because you bring it so naturally and, and so real with it. You and, 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 and Minister Ann Williams and, and Minister Yeah, I mean, like, y'all are. That's my boy. How man. you say it? How, hey. how you say it? <laughs> Cut from a different cloth. And I know I'm cut from a different cloth, but I, I'm walking sideways right now. <laughs> so, hey, people, don't beat me up. Don't you judge me because I'll come in inside your house and look in your mirror and say, hold up, stand next to me, and then I'll walk away from you, let you look in the mirror at your daggone self. And you might look crazy, 
But I ain't going to say nothing. Because everybody got to turn up. Then they got to turn right. <laughs> then they got to turn away. Because I'll tell you, this day of age is about to be, mm, I don't know what to tell y'all, but how many times have y'all seen a storm that sits there and stays? Don't want to leave. Just want to say, hey, you know what? I like this neighborhood. I'm going to sit right here. I'm going to go to sleep for a minute. And then I'm going to wake up. When I wake up and I leave you, you're going to catch the after effects. It's sad. So imagine that storm comes and then another one comes. And it happened right after this daggone eclipse. So are you trying to tell me every time there's an eclipse, the storms are going to get worse? Or is it this is just the beginning of what's about to happen in the future because of the fact that our ozone layer is being deteriorated? These daggone stupid people who call scientists want to go up there to the, and do the CERN thing, start doing experimentation, but they forgot that Mother Nature likes to heal herself. So Mother Nature's like, you know what? How do I get rid of these daggone insects? I'll wash them away, <laughs> or I'll just come with fire. Maybe they don't work. I'm going to do an earthquake. And then everybody Bob catches the battle. It ain't no much of it. He's got out there, bro. I know. I'm just, I'm just, no, dropping, no, I'm just dropping it in there. I'm just dropping it in there. Everybody knows it's God. Everybody, though, and encourage everyone that, uh, listen, man, we want to really keep the Houston uh, family in prayer. Those are our church brothers and sisters out there. And, folks, when I say pray, you might know someone or have loved ones out there, family. You might can't reach them on the phone as of now because, you know, the condition that's what's going on. They might have their phone is not charged up or what have you. Um, but pray earnestly for them. My prayers is that the saints will not be fainted hearted, y'all. Please. Will, you open the door when you first brought it up because I was going to mention it too. And as I was thinking of it, when we first opened up, you talked about it when you opened up. And I love that about you, man. You recognize that the saints that was in Texas was going through. And uh, it, it, it's, it's something that we need to really consider, y'all, because if that happened in Philadelphia, think about it. These people are being removed from their homes. They're being lifted up by helicopters and moved to other locations. Right now, their spirit is troubled. And my prayer is that the saints of God will be so anointed. They may boo-hoo and cry, but I pray that they will be so conscious that yeah, whoever they next to, they probably putting them in buildings somewhere that they will be able to. For the first time, they're meeting people they never saw in their life. Our prayer is going to be that, God, that you will strengthen all of them and that the saints will be able to be a witness to somebody that they would have never have met had it not been for the storm and tell them about Jesus. That's what our concern is and that we hope uh, that the Lord would do. Because, folks, I'm telling you, the enemy is attacking a lot of people. Things are happening. People are going through, y'all. They're going through. And like Will was talking about it earlier, we got to remember those people who are going through. If your church is doing something, if they say we need canned goods, if they say we need clothes, we're going to ship a truck to Houston, whatever you can give. And don't give raggedy stuff, folks, when you send it down there, things that you wouldn't wear if they paid you to wear. Take those dresses out the closet, those suits that 
you know you can't wear it no more. Those nice shoes, those gaiters and, you know, the lizards, and take those out. Those shoes, girl, that you, you knew you used to go stepping in and wear them. Now you put your toes in and you'll pop the shoes open. Put those shoes in the container <laughs> and send it all down to Texas when it's time to go in. You know you can't fit that dress no more. It might be too big for you. It might be too small for you. It could be past the things that you like for people to give you. When the church said they need help because they're shipping a truck down there, be able to do that. Be a blessing to these people because they're going to ask us to send something. If it's food, don't send cans down there that if you open it, you know it ain't no good. That can be sitting in that house for 10 years. And when you open it up, the can is contaminated. I've known people who were so stingy, they held on to canned goods so long that when you open them up, they wasn't even good no more. They wouldn't give it to nobody. And as they maintain it, it turned rotten. <clears throat> so be a blessing to these people at this time. Um, just be supportive. You know what I mean? And if your church is not doing something, find somebody, church, who you know that loves the Lord and going to send that stuff down here, and it's going to be a blessing. Not that it's going to go to your church and then the things that the church going to pick over the best stuff that they like, then send the raggedy stuff down there. We don't want that to happen, you know. We want to do things decently and in order. And so my heart, again, goes out to those people. Some people probably didn't get paid yet. They didn't. They was waiting to get paid from their job. They can't go to the bank because of the flooding that took place. People are, listen, y'all, people are hurting. People are hurting right now. Folks are sick. They might be diabetic. You get what I'm saying? They need their insulin. People are going through. We got to be mindful of those who are going through there. And we want to pray that God will raise up leaders. Leaders, not titles. Leaders. Let me tell you something what I've learned. The real leaders come forth when chaos breaks out. You will find out who the real leaders are. Oh, you let the chaos. When all hell busts loose and everything going wrong and people are hurting, you're going to see the real leaders come out of the woodwork. And you will say, I never knew that person had all that inside of them. I didn't never knew that she could do all that and help people. I never knew he could do all that and help people. Some of us, it's with our words of encouragement. Some of us, it's in our service and helping people. But nevertheless, all of us got something to contribute. We don't want to be like Martha, though. You can't be the Martha. Martha was in there cooking ham hocks and chitlins and black-eyed peas, and she seen Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus and had an attitude with Mary. Lord, tell her to come in here and serve with me. Listen, y'all, all of us don't serve in the same capacity. You know what Jesus did? He didn't rebuke Mary. He rebuked Martha. He looked at Martha and read her like a book. He said, Martha, Martha, when the Lord called your name twice, look out. You're about to get rebuked. Mary, Mary, Simon, Simon, Paul, Paul, here come the rebuke. Martha, Martha, he said, you are careful and you are troubled by many a thing. He said, but Mary has chosen that one thing that should not be taken away from her. What was that one thing that should not be taken away? She sat at the Lord's feet to learn from the Lord. Listen, don't leave your first love for works, y'all. 
Martha was doing the work, but she left her first love. We read that in the book of Ephesus. The church of Ephesus was like that. We read that with Sardis. They can work you underneath the table. It's not a work, y'all, lest any man should boast. We work and we serve because we love God. We love people. Ministry is people, and people are ministry. You can't say that you love ministry and you don't like no people. Something is wrong with that picture. You got to go back to the Lord and say, Lord, you got to fix me because I love to preach to the people. I love to tell them what they ought to do, but I don't want to be around none of them. Something is wrong with that. Jesus never had a problem being around people. The only time our Lord and Savior separated himself from people is when he would go away and pray and fast all night long. Other than that, he was around people. He was around adulterous women. He was around tax collectors. He was around thieves. He was around cursing sailors. People, I'm telling you, if Jesus walked the face of the earth right now, a lot of us out there will have a problem with him. Why is he hanging around them? They ain't no good. I heard through the grapevine. I done heard all about these people. And that's why we don't want to sit around these people. Folks, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I've sinned in the past. You've sinned in the past. And guess what? This may surprise all of us. You're going to sin again in the future. But you want God to forgive us, but we can't forgive men their trespasses. Thanks. We got to get out of that. God want to bring about the corporate anointing. He wants to move us. Let me tell you what happened when we get into corporate anointing. You know what happened? We move into overflow. Man, overflow is awesome. Overflow is awesome, y'all. When you move into that overflow, it's something about that overflow because it just it just it overflow. Remember in Psalm chapter uh, the twenty third Psalms. I'm sorry. He anointed my head with oil. My cup runneth over. It's the overflow. Overflow. When it overflow, that means what's in you and what's on you is going to overflow and bless other people. Let God move us into the overflow, y'all. And when he takes us to the overflow, he wants us to come to a corporate anointing. God wants his body to have a corporate anointing. He's not, we're not in the Old Testament, y'all, when we're dealing with the pyramid type of anointing. That was Old Testament. In the New Testament, he's pouring out his spirit upon our flesh, corporate anointing, because when it's corporate, everybody gets healed. Everybody gets anointed. Everybody gets blessed. He's moving into the corporate anointing, and nothing brings people together, y'all. And it's sadly to say it, nothing will bring people together more than tragic. When a tragic happens, people unite together. There's a human part that God put in us, my God, that when something happens, compassion comes out of people to care for other people. When the Samaritan saw the man who was robbed and left on the side, the priest walked by him. The Levite walked past him. The high priest walked by him. But the Samaritan saw him there. And the Bible said he had compassion on him. Compassion. Everybody got that in them. 
think of it this way. If it was your son, if it was your daughter, if it was your grandma, if it was your grandfather, wouldn't you want to be make sure you help your granddad and mom? Wouldn't you want to help your mother and your father? Wouldn't you want to help your sister or your brother? Wouldn't you want to help your son or your daughter? That's the way you got to look at somebody else. And that's why you got to be your brother's keeper. And yesterday when I was driving, it came back to me. The question was asked, where is your brother Abel? Abel is fine. I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? Listen, y'all. That was an insult to God. God is so loving. He just ignored what he said. He said, the blood of your brother cries out to me. He murdered his brother. Can you imagine saying that to God? I don't know where he's at. Am I my brother's keeper? He lied to God, which God already knew where he was at. He was dead already. I don't know. Am I his keeper? In other words, it ain't my job to watch him. Supposed to keep an eye on him? That ain't my job. Folks, get rid of that Cain spirit. You are your brother's keeper. You are your brother's keeper. We are brother's keeper. Think about David. I love David. Everybody wants to anoint it like David, but everybody don't have the heart that David had. <laughs> he said, is there anyone left of the house of Saul that I may show kindness to for Jonathan's sake? That is your brother's keeper. Saul, dirty, no good, low-down king, he killed people who helped the David. Is there anyone left of the house of Saul? For Jonathan's sake, that I might show kindness to. This is a king, y'all. He owned nothing but land after land after land and millions of people underneath him. I mean millions and millions of people, gold and everything. He got it all, diamond and all. He's looking for somebody of Jonathan's descendant that he might help. Are you hearing me? And they found good old Mephibosheth. And when they found Mephibosheth, he was a crippled man at this time. They thought David was coming to kill him. The handmaid took him and ran with him and dropped him off the horse and broke his leg, and he became lame. And when they told him about Mephibosheth, and he came to David's table, he was crippled. He thought David was going to slay him for what Saul did. David told him, I'm going to give you back all the land that your father had. It's yours. Me and your dad had a covenant. And he said, and guess what? For the rest of your life, you're going to eat at the table with me. You are a prince. Listen, all of us came from crippled backgrounds. Somebody dropped all of us at one time in our life. They crippled us. They dropped us. They left us on the side, and we became crippled. And we were the same of our crippledness that where we came from. But God is going to call a lot of us to his table, and he's looking for you. And he said, I'm going to give you back everything the caterpillars, the canker worms, the locusts have devoured up. I'm giving it back to you. It's not how low you fall, <clears throat> but it's how high you bounce back. He's going to give you back everything your ancestors lost. People laughed at you. They forgot about you. They didn't want to talk with you. They separated you, deleted you from their page, and all of that stuff. It's all good. 
because you're going to get an invite, and he's going to tell you, I'm going to give you back everything you lost, everything. He said, you will always sit at my table. Can you imagine he's sitting at King David's table, a king, anointed king, the sweet psalmist, the wisdom of God, the understanding of God. He would sit and see David every time he break bread for the rest of his life. Mephibosheth said, I'm just a dog. I'm nothing. Look at me. I'm crippled. David said, you're going to sit at my table. Because your daddy, Jonathan, he was my boy. And because of that, that's how God is going to bless us. We got a brother that we made a covenant with, and his name is Jesus. And because you're in covenant with Jesus, God the Father is going to let you come and sit at that table with him. <laughs> and you won't have to worry about how crippled you was and what your background was like, how much education you got, how much education you didn't have, what job didn't want you, who turned you down, who overlooked you. That day won't matter no more. Never again. Never again. Because he's going to tell you who you are. You're supposed to be at that table. You're one of his. You're one of his. So we be our brother's keeper, y'all. You don't never leave a man back. I love what the Navy SEALs do. Man, I love the Navy SEALs. They are bad, man. The Navy SEALs is a bad form, man. When they go in, they go in for the kill. They do not be playing. And their word is no man left behind. I love it. It's a brotherhood. They don't care about skin color. They don't care about ethnicity. You're my brother, and I'm not leaving you behind. If you get shot and killed, we're carrying you back. We ain't leaving you behind. Listen, man, that's the mentality. Think about it. The world thinks like that. He's not saved. They're not saved. And I know people who are Navy SEALs. They're not saved, and they think like that. How much more should we think like that? How much more should we think like that? Remember what Jesus told us when he was on the earth. He said, for accept your righteousness, exceed the righteousness of the Pharisees and of the scribes, you shall in no wise enter in, folks. We got to be better than them. That's why when we see things, I love what Jesus said. He said, wisdom is justified of our own children. <laughs> they try to put Jesus down. They said a gluttonous man, a wine bibber, bibbler. But Jesus said John didn't come. He came eating locusts and honey. And they said something about John. He said the son of man come eating and drink, drinking. And you said, behold, a gluttonous man and a man that sit around sinners and eat. Folks, y'all don't know. You think you know Jesus? You'd be surprised what Jesus would sit and eat with, who he would hang around. He would mess your psychological. Listen, he will mess you up mentally. If you are stuck in church traditioning, who to eat with and who not to stand around, who not to hang around, Jesus will mess you up. He'll hang around those people. Sit down and you see him at the park eating with them. Is that Jesus? Why is he hanging around? He loves souls. He loves people. Folks, we may not tolerate certain people and don't like them, but you got to remember that's a soul. That's a soul. You don't want to see that person be lost forever. That is still a soul. And we love the brothers and the sisters. And this is why we got to heal each other. And this is why God is taking us back to the corporate anointing. 
which is going to usher in the overflow. The overflow. And I want to tell everybody, I just want everybody to know that we're going to be doing, at our church, we're going to be doing a a men's conference from the 27th up until October the 1st. And we're going to be doing this. It's for men and women, men and women, at Deliverance Evangelist the Church, 2001 West Lehigh. It's for everybody. And the theme is the overflow. God want to bring his people back to corporate anointing. God don't want his church broken down and fragmented, all broken to pieces, self-righteousness, pride, arrogance. I'm righteous than you. I'm more righteous than you. No, I'm Listen, everybody he wants, the fivefold ministry, if we talked about the fivefold ministry, the people would talk about it. The evangelists would say, we need to win more souls. That's what's going to make the body of Christ more better. The pastor would tap the evangelist on the shoulder and say, we need to get more people to come to the church and be obedient and listen to the pastor. That's what's going to make the church more better. The prophet would say, no, we need more of the prophetic in the church. If we get more of the prophetic in the church and lead the way, the church will be more better. The apostle would say, we need to build more church because that's what we got to do, build church and make more churches all over. The teacher would say, we need to teach them more of the word and disciple people, and this will make the church more better. Folks, we need everybody. We need the whole body of Christ for the perfecting of the saints, for building up the body of Christ. We need the prophet, the apostle, the pastor, the teacher, the evangelist. We got to bring back the fivefold ministry in the church. The church is not built on Apostles, it has to have all fivefold ministry operating in the church. And as we continue to grow corporately, because like I said before, I love dealing with sinners. Because sinners are going to ask you the real questions, the hard questions, the true questions. This is why we want to go and get them. And there are many ways to win the law. You can give out a track. You can go online. You can do internet radio. There are many ways. The fruit of the righteous, Proverbs 11.30 said, the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he that wins souls is wise. There are many ways to win souls. You could tell somebody how you like their shoes or how you like their dress or their hat, and it slip Jesus on in here. You could tell somebody how you like their home or a nice car, I like that car, and slip Jesus in there. I see young men with their nice little muscle car. I always encourage them. I say, that's a nice car, young buck. I said, be careful with it. And they would die laughing. And I befriend them, and they talk with me. And I said, man, listen, you have a blessed day, and the Lord loves you. And you encourage those people. I got an attention because I'm talking about his car. You know, the young buck, young buck love their car, and I give them a copy. And I said, boy, I wish I had a car like that when I was young. I like to talk with them. And they start laughing. I say, hi, Rod. It rides good. Mm, they say, yeah, it rides real good. They don't know me from a can of paint, but they like it that I've reached out just to befriend them. 
Instead, he's saying another young knucklehead, young boy, music up all live, playing that devil music. Anybody can criticize people, y'all. Anybody can tear them down. But when you speak to them and encourage these young people, they 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 young, y'all. We was young. We did what we wanted to do. We didn't always listen. We was knuckleheads, too. We was hard-headed, didn't want to listen. We did the same thing we they did. They got to grow, too. But be a good mentor to these people. If you're a good mentor to these young people, they will love you. They growing up in a different world that we've seen. They practically shoved the sex world down these kids' mouths. They didn't have a chance to be covered from that. We did. We was able to be shielded and covered from all that garbage. They can't even look at regular ABC, NBC, and Fox without somebody shoving it down their throat. I mean, they pumping it down. Shit, though. Listen, y'all, we got to be able to bring back the corporate anointing. And you bring back the corporate anointing when my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my faith and turn from their wicked ways. Then what I hear from heaven, then what I forgive their sin. Then when I heal the land, we are the people who can do that, y'all. And it comes from the corporate anointing. I want you all to think about that. As we come together and pray, we have prayer night on Wednesday night at my church. Wherever your church may be, pray. Get together. Find corporate prayer. If you can't find corporate prayer, you go somewhere where they're praying corporately. You come on over to our church and you can pray. So uh, do we have a caller here? Um, uh, I want to make sure that everybody, if there's anybody who want to say something. They got to push the rate. I, I don't, yeah. I don't, let me try something. Keep on talking, I'm going to see something. So we want everybody to come out and join us when we get together. And remember what Brother Calvin said, we got to come back to a corporate anointing. There is another thing that came back to my mind. Thank you, Lord. I want to encourage all of you, and some of you probably be doing this already. Um, read Proverbs. Today is the 28th. Read Proverbs 28. Uh, continue to read each day the book of Proverbs. But don't just read it. Study it. Whatever that chapter might be. If you get a chance to study it, study it. If you have children and your children are little, start reading Proverbs to them before they go to bed. Or you can read the gospel to them. Either way. But plant those seeds in your babies while they're little. Your baby should be begging you, Mommy or Daddy, please, you're going to read the book of the Bible to me before I go to sleep? Read that to them, y'all. You'll be surprised to you raising up in your house. That little girl, that little boy may be a powerful man and woman of God. I'm telling you, people looking at these superheroes, but this generation that is coming, they're going to have the power of God on their life that people are going to think they're superheroes. When you look at everything Jesus did, let me tell you something. You could put a big J on his chest. He did everything that you would think was a superhero. When demons showed up, Jesus told them, come out of him, set up. And the spirit would tear itself out of the person and come out of it. And then after he came back after being dead for three days, he flies up to heaven in front of everybody. 
man, Jesus was a bad boy. He just messed up everything you thought you knew about God. Jesus messed you up. He messed you up. And don't let him talk to you because he'll tell you what's in your heart. The word of knowledge will kick in. All of those are gifts. Listen, y'all, all of us have some of these gifts. The gift of healing. Legs growing back on people. Listen, I'm telling you, people of God, God still operate through these gifts. And you may have these gifts. Get in corporate prayer with your church or come on up there to where our church is at and pray with us. We pray every Wednesday from 7 to 8 at Deliverance, 2001 West Lehigh. Come on up there and pray with us. We do a corporate prayer, y'all. It's all about building up the body of Christ. You want to have that corporate prayer. We need that to come together, y'all. We need to come together. It's important. Look at our nation. It is broken. It's fragmented. This is the time that everybody needs to take off their titles, lay their titles aside, come together, y'all, and let's pray corporately and watch what God will do. I could you not. He will blow your mind what he would do. I have a caller. Come on, yes, caller. Yes, you do. Hello, caller. Caller, caller you loud one here. They coming in. Call, call you Hi, live. can you hear me? Hi, I'm here. Yeah. Can you hear me? I'm sorry. You. As oh. you're speaking, as you're speaking, I mute my phone so that that the background noise cannot be heard. This is Firecracker. This is my first time calling in, but I've listened into the show before, and I just wanted to thank you. And I I wanted to tell you that I absolutely agree with what you said about the young people. And, you know, how all you have to do is just, you know, just say just one word, just something that's relatable to them, something that they understand and they can conceptualize. And for us not to forget that at one point we were them and at some point they will be us. You know, and how we felt as young people, how we felt that we were – we were set aside and, and, and we were misunderstood. And they feel the same way. You know, there's nothing new under the sun. That thing just revolves and they feel the same way. Um, so I, I really appreciate that. But I wanted to tell you that tomorrow from 5 to 7, I will actually be starting my show on Talk Show. And okay. the topic of discussion is LGBTQIAPK. I know there's a lot of acronyms, but it's in regards to the LGBT community. And if there is a so, if there is an agenda, a global agenda at work regarding this community, and I really would like, if possible, to get your your take on it from a spiritual aspect, from a biblical standpoint, if that if that's possible. Uh, one of the you, you asked me about the um, explain explain to everybody what the what the letters mean. So share that with everybody. What oh. does it mean? Okay, L stands for lesbianism. Mm-hmm. G stands for gay. B stands okay. for bisexual. T transgender. Q is queer. I is intersex. A is asexual. P is polygamous or polyamorous. And K is kinky. And as the days go on, letters are added. I see. 
and you want me to respond about I'm listening. How you want me to respond about it? You want my input on what you're doing or? Well, actually, tomorrow, that is my topic. That's my topic of discussion tomorrow from 5 to 7 on TalkShoe. And yeah. um, I'm just having individuals to call in. And I would like to know if you would be available to join in on the discussion and just speak about it from a religious perspective or, or spiritual perspective. Perspective, yeah, sure. I wouldn't have a problem with that. One of the things okay. I want to do is um, try to let people know who they really, really are. And a lot of time, when we was young, we were trying to find our way. Everybody had different challenges that they dealt with in their life, and they don't know why they feel that way and why they do the things they do. And a lot of time, we look at them and we say there's something wrong with them. They messed up, or you separate yourself from them. But, no, that's the time when you go all in to learn how to speak a word of encouragement and build these people up. Sometimes people are going through changes in their life. And what the enemy try to do is he's the author of confusion. Confusion. All of us. He wants us to be confused. Everybody, he try to mess us up. This is why God left us a manuscript. The manuscript is the word of God. One of the charge that God gave to Joshua, he said, this book of law should not depart out of your mouth, but you should meditate in it day and night that you might observe to do according to all that's written therein. But then should you make your way prosperous, and then you're going to have good success. I believe that as people find out who the Lord is, and they have a personal relationship with God and get an encounter with God, the more they're going to find out who their true identity is. And the more they do, they're going to be stronger than ever. And our prayer is that they will be able to go out and bring in more people because, folks, we're losing people through the cracks. We're losing them. We're losing them through the cracks because whatever sin they may have in their life or challenges they may have in their life, whether they're young or old, we're losing them because we're putting sins in different categories. But the truth of the matter is these are souls. They're still learning. They want to know who they are. And it's our job to go there to try to win them over. We got to do that. We got to talk to them. We got to love these people and pray for them and be an ear to them and let them know that we love them. They got to know that we love them. I have um, friends that I've known, male and female, and I don't know if one of my friends listening in, right now that's out of state, but they came out of that lifestyle, and they used to come to the Bible study that I used to go to, and when I tell you God is using this woman of God, Lord, have mercy, God is using this woman of God, crazy, she is on fire, and her testimony Uh is so strong, it's incredible, I I would try to see if I can reach her, because I always send in the messages, she sent me texts. Every day she sent me a Bible text from the word how God is using her where she's at and strong in the Lord. But she came from that lifestyle, but she's a powerful woman of God. Well, that would be awesome. That would be awesome because my question really, my question is, of course, we know that the lifestyle exists and that it's prevalent. My question is, is it a an agenda? 
Is it a global agenda? Because you know anytime something is prevalent in the news media, anytime something is in the media and accepts it, nine times out of ten, means that it's an agenda, that there is something that whomever, the powers that be, are trying to push. And the reason why I came up with that particular topic is because I was doing some research and I came across um, some information where they were teaching kindergartners about gender identity and being able to choose whether they wanted to be male or female at five and six years old. So that's why the question was whether or not this is a global agenda. Um, there, uh, there also was in the news not very long ago how in New York City, um, in the the public libraries, they were having drag queens to come in for story time and read sexually explicit material to small children. Ooh, so that's I why I pose. That's why I pose the question as to whether or not this is. An agenda. Okay, let me share something. Wow. It's, uh, in the Old Testament, one of the things that uh, when Moses was dealing with the pledges that was coming against Israel, Pharaoh told him, "You can go, but leave your children." And uh-huh. Moses said, "But not leave our children." We have uh-huh. to remember, y'all, that the devil is very tactical. He's tactical, and he's gone after the young kids. The little kids got, they innocent. They got to grow in the world. And even though that stuff is, it's out there and it's not hidden, they're going to see it, they're going to see it, and they're going to have questions about it. But one of the things we got to make sure that their mind is open to the point that when they get older, they can understand what is really going on. Um, And one of the things that I, I try to tell people, God don't make mistakes. He don't. He can't make mistakes. He's not like a computer that get a virus, and then when the virus is released, it eats up everything. He's always, the Bible says every good and perfect gift comes from above. And what Satan tried to do was with the sex, the sex, he tried to pervert the sex to mess up the younger kids. But the Bible said, if you listen carefully to what God said in Genesis, he said, be fruitful. And multiply. Want us to multiply. And even though people may go, excuse me, through their challenges of their identity, we gotta be able to rightly divide the word of truth to them and share with them for what the word of God says He wants them to do. God is not out to kill people. He want to make sure that they get saved. Because sin is sin. It doesn't matter what it is. But nevertheless, we must take people back to the foundation of the word of God. What do God says in his word? The Bible says, therefore, should a man leave his mother and his father and cleave to his wife, and they too shall become one. Now, the Old Testament had a way of doing things, but we're not underneath the Old Testament. We're underneath the grace period. Therefore, our job is to bring people to the truth and share with them what God's word says about it. There was a lot of people who I knew who was into that lifestyle, but there's a lot of lifestyle out there. It's not just the homosexual lifestyle. There is adultery. There is fornication. 
There is crack cocaine. There's alcohol. There's marijuana. There's pride. There is self-righteousness. There's unforgiveness. All of these fall underneath the category of sin. But what we got to do is find out where is these young kids struggling at with their identity and try to encourage them, let them know that they are fearfully and wonderfully made and that God didn't make a mistake with their body. Now, there are some people who are born with both parts of the sexist part on them. They can't help that. They're born with both part of it. But then there are others who choose to go that direction, and we still got to love them because we want them to know. Let me tell you something. We are up against a spiritual warfare that we've never encountered before. But this is not the, there's no new thing underneath the sun. In the book of Genesis, this has happened before. And when you look at uh, the book of Judges, it happened again. You look at the Romans, it was in the book of Romans these things happened. And even into the church, this is going to surprise a lot of y'all out there. You have leaders who are indulging in these activities also. And a lot of people is unaware of that. You got leaders who are living a lifestyle where they deal with the same-sex marriage and what have you. They're dealing with that. Our job is to share with them the word of God, tell them what God's word says. We don't want to send nobody to hell, but we got to tell them what the word says about their lifestyle, just like we would do, again, with pride, with self-righteousness, with the spirit of adultery, with fornication. Sin is sin. And the Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. It has always been there, but now the question is, how do the church address these situations that we deal with? We take them to the word of God. We spend time with them. We want them to know that every part that's on their body is fearfully and wonderfully made, and it's for a reason why they created the way they are. Now, we can do whatever we choose to do. We got a freedom. Two great gifts that God gave us. The one gift he gave us was salvation, if we want it. The second gift he gave us is free will. We can do whatever we want to do, but we always got to remember, everybody underneath the sound of my voice, if you own your own house or if you are a parent or if you own your own car, you know that you won't let nobody come in your car and do what they want to do and come in your house and do what they want to do. And with all that said, we got to understand that God has a law. He has rules. And we got to let people know that one day they're going to leave this earth. No matter what we do in life and how good it might feel, we got to know that we are accountable to God. The word of God tells us no matter who we are, Whatever deed we do on our body, we're going to give an account to it. This is why we got to rightly divide the word of God and let these people know. For every time we do something and sin or a woman sin, they do it with their body or within their body and their spirit. But that's the nature of us to sin. It's in us to sin. The Bible said that we're born in sin. We face in iniquity. It's in all of us to sin. And that is a desire that God wanted to take from us is a desire to sin. Because the Bible said, after lust is completed, lust brings forth sin. And after sin is finished, sin brings forth death. 
God said he won't go back on his word. His word will not return back to him void. So how do we get in heaven? We got to confess our sins, and then we got to turn away from the sin. The Bible said, touch not, taste not, handle not. And he want to receive us into his own. When you read some of these churches in Revelation, they was dealing with the same problem. It was a lot of things going on. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of things that was going on that they, they are challenges that we're dealing with. So we want to make sure that everybody is aware of that. We have another caller. Just hold on, guys. We want to bring in this next caller. Come on in, caller. Hi, caller. Hello, Minister. Hello. How are you? It's Lady T you're speaking with. What is your name? Lady T. It's Tiana. It's oh. Lady T. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm well. I'm well. The conversation, every time I come in, it's so juicy. It's just so juicy. <laughs> I love it. I had a question. Um, I heard what Firecracker said about um, dealing with her topic tomorrow, which is a very delicate and intricate conversation um, piece. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition to, I know that I had this question from my, you know, for God to answer for me because I know that it's very sensitive in a sense of, you know, us being born in sin and shaped into iniquity. And then, you know, when we get baptized, when we speak, um, when we hear, we are taught to say, you know, you confess with your mouth that you believe God, you, you believe that his son died on the cross for your sins. How, in addition to feeling like if that is what happened, we are still paying for our sins. If Jesus died on the cross for our sins and we are still being put up against the cross for sinning. And sometimes I always had this question about the position of Jesus dying on the cross and having that such a sacrifice for his life, but I'm still paying for a sin to go into the LGBT community, to go into adultery. For myself, um, I have family members um, that are in the life. So, And I have family members that are in the life that are on fire for God. Like I wouldn't think anything outside of, you know, what they speak to me because of their sexuality. I will say growing up in a church, a holiness church, if they didn't preach against anything else, homosexuality was one of the main things that they were preaching against that really had people feeling like, Lord, you know, help me. Because I know that these people that I know that are in my family, without a shadow of a doubt, you know, they love God fervently. You know, they adore him. They, they you know, believe his word is true. And some concerns about the breakdown on what I can or how I can speak to my friends who are, you know, more spiritual than anything because when they come into um, the church house, they speak against being um, homosexual. But there is no specific scripture that speaks against homosexuality outside of Sodom and Gomorrah, which really spoke about wickedness as opposed to because it was sexual, everything going on, in, in addition to men with men and women with women. However, I have never even with my pastor, have never had someone who can give me specifics to the degree of homosexuality where I can say, well, in the Bible it doesn't say it because it's not a part of the Ten Commandments. It's not a part of, you know, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not sin, thou shalt not covet, this, those, and the things. I can't say that one of the things that you're not supposed to do is love someone unconditionally regardless of 
their sexuality because like you said, you don't make a mistake. And then these people grow up feeling like I'm a mistake because I choose to love a person of the same sex. And you say choose because that's your choice. That's your, and, and sometimes the way that our heartstrings are pulled, you can't help it. How can you say, you know, how can you tell a person not to adore or love a person? Like they have to turn that section off because, we're in the Bible because I'm still trying to find that out. We're in the Bible. It says that homosexuality is not of God in particular, because I have a lot of scriptures that I could go to that I try to um, assist my friends, my family members. Um, when they ask questions about how I feel about it, I actually got put up against the wall and thank God I had just read this book about um, apologetics and, and that's about refuting your faith. It's, so we have all of these different um, religious backgrounds and spiritualities that people um, follow. So at one point with my friends, they thought I was a universalist. They were like, oh, Tiana, you love the stars, the moon, the sun, and the sky. But at one point in my life, I was like, oh, Bible study, oh, prayer, oh, this. And I was speaking about God um, outwardly. And so they took me to their house and they said, you know, we had this whole conversation and the next thing you know, they put this video on and it's about, you know, rainfalls and earth and fire and all of these things that I love and adore because I love God's creations. And so um, it had this um, Star Wars thing that came down and was like, oh, if you believe in this Godhead and this da-da-da, like, you know, really putting God down and I was offended. So I said, listen, what's this about? If y'all want to say something to me, just say it. And I said, well, Tiana, what do you believe in? I said, I believe in God. They said, well, who is God? I said, God is everything. God is everywhere. God is here with this conversation because Lord knows I feel like you guys are attacking me. So God is present. And so they were like, you know, just asking questions about um, they got into the church and everything. And so what I told them was, you know, what I would tell anybody that, you know, the church is, that is like a school. You go there for things that you need assistance with in order to understand more clearly and then you in addition to have your own research i said and that's what church is and but in addition to you have god that you are supposed to answer to and you should come to a point where like you said that the manuscript is the bible so we can't continue every single day like i can read the bible and have read it and i can continue to go back to it but just reading it is not enough you got to put into action the faith that comes with that bible because some of those things are dated. Some things we don't do. So to say, you know, we do dissect the Bible sometimes by, you know, women wearing jeans, women piercing their ears, men shaving their hair or whatever that we do. So sometimes we can get confused in that. And the homosexuality thing is one of those things that has always had me stumped because I do have so many people that are around me that, you know, even as a person that believes in God, because I can't say a Christian, because to me, Christianity is a man-made ism, ism. Like, I believe in God, so I do sometimes have a situation where, you know, I have to come out of the eanities, Christian, holiness, all of that. I've been raised in both of those denominations, and I felt like I was I was taught fully to the point where I am where I am today without any, you know, apology for not wanting to be in the church. But I believe God so much, and I really am still trying to seek an answer for that in particular. And I know that, like she said, you know, it's a global thing where because homosexuality is probably even outside of adultery and sleeping with another man's wife is probably one of the biggest on the scale of, of sins. However, it's really I'm trying to find the scriptures in the Bible 
that speaks against homosexuality. Homosexuality, like loving another man, a man loving a man and a woman loving a woman, not wickedness of just sexual perversion, which is not homosexuality. I'm just talking about perversion, like, oh, you just doing it and you like them because you want to be freaky. Now, that is something that's against God, but like I said, I'm still trying to find someone who is able to give me clarity on things in the Bible that I can pull out for them because, like I said, homosexuality is one of those things that are on the top of the list of sins that really turn a lot of people away from um, getting a real teaching from our church houses that have people who are fearful of God and that really teach the word to the, you know, theology. <laughs> so, I would share yeah. something with Body. Follow with me. People are souls. They are souls. Uh, the gay, lesbian, they are souls. I want to say that first. But I want to share something with everybody first. It's a story that's told about truth and lies. There's a story, an old story that the old folks down south used to talk about truth and lies. It said like this, truth went into the pond to take a swim. And when truth went to the pond, he took off all his clothes and he jumped into the pond, and he started swimming. And as Truth was swimming into the pond, Lie walked up. Now, Lie saw Truth swinging and swimming in the pond. He seen Truth clothes in the, glass, in the grass. He took off his clothes, and he put on the Truth clothes. And he went down to the town, and he began to tell the people, I'm the Truth, I'm the Truth, I'm the Truth. The old folks looked up and saw him. Not the old young folks, it was the old folks. They looked up and they saw him. They said, well, he looked like the truth, but it sounds like a lie. And in the meantime, back down at the pond, while he was swimming, he got out of the pond and he looked for his clothes. He couldn't find it. And what he saw was lie clothes there, laying. And truth said, I'm not putting on a lie. I don't want to be a lie. I don't want to sound like a lie. I don't want to act like a lie. Mm-hmm. So Truth went on to the town and he started walking to town. And the older folks looked up and saw Truth. And they said, now that's the truth right there, the naked truth. One of the things I said to everybody is this, y'all. In the Old Testament, sin was sin in the Old Testament. It's the same sin. Sin does not change, y'all. One of the tricks of Satan, he's very slick with this because he'll slip your spiritual mickey if you're not careful. He will make you believe that what God said that was wrong in the Old Testament, it's okay now to do it underneath the New Testament. If adultery was adultery in the Old Testament, it's still adultery in the New Testament. If fornication was fornication in the Old Testament, it's still fornication in the New Testament. If a lie was a lie in the Old Testament, it's still a lie in the New Testament. If homosexuality was wrong in the Old Testament, it's still wrong in the New Testament. But what people got to understand is we got to confess our sins to the Lord. One thing David said was that my sins is ever before me. He said against you and you only have our son sin and done this evil in your sight. One of the things we got to be aware of is that God wants to forgive. He's quick to forgive men, but this is what the Bible let us know is he don't want you 
to confess your sins. And so what happened is he don't want you to confess your sin because he knows the day that you confess that sin, God got to forgive it, forgive you if you're sincere. But if he can make you believe that it's okay to say like this, and God understands, remember how he tempted Eve? He lied to Eve. He told her that what is going on, God do know the day that you eat of this fruit, you're going to be just like God, knowing good and evil. But he lied. He lied to her. And she ate that thing, and the result was men are dying to this day. We have two more callers, and so we want to bring the caller in. At this time, I don't want to stop the caller because I want to hear what everybody else has to say. Come on in, caller. Somebody else want to say something? Hi, caller. Shalom. Shalom. Shalom, everyone. Can you hear me? Yes. Wow, Lady Q in the building. That be never. Hi, hello, everyone. Good evening. Um, Lady T, um, you asked for scripture, and I'm going to give you scripture. Leviticus 18 and 22. And people, I would like to get this cleared up. We have a problem saying the Old and the New Testament where all all the books, it is the Word. Right. So it got divided because man divided the Word. Okay? So it is all of the Most High. So Leviticus 18 and 22 says, I'm going to read it from the King James Version, and then I'm going to give you from the from the new version of how they changed it to make it clearer for the new age people and leaving out other verses out of the new version of the Bible. But it still has that same meaning and same impact. The King James Version, Leviticus 18, 22, it reads, Thou shalt not lie with mankind as with womankind. It is abomination. Then the ASV, thou shalt not lay with mankind as with womankind. It is an abomination. The AMP version, you shall not lie intimately with a man as one lays with a female. It is repulsive. So, I'm trying to figure out. I'm I'm sorry. Hey, Lady Q, oh, thank you for bringing right. scripture. Um, thou shalt not lay with lay with mankind as they as with womankind. I'm yeah. trying to figure out if how what that scripture means in correlation to homosexuality because it doesn't say man shall not lay with man, woman shall not with women. So does that mean that men can't be gay but women can or love? No, it, okay, it's it's clear as day. A man clear. Is is not built for another man. 
Okay. Well, no, no, no. What I'm trying to say is I can I can break it down the way that you're going to explain it to me, and I, I okay. get that. What I'm saying is that scripture one that scripture right there, as they have a whole book, a whole conversation, a whole slew of breakdown when it comes to homosexuality. Uh-huh. I want, like that right there is not clear to me as it would not be clear because I pulled that scripture out too and they like that don't even mean nothing to me, you know I'm not even because even you also said you know man separated old and new but man also made the Bible so why why not separate why not dissect the way you want to because man no. wrote the Bible God no. didn't write the Bible we only a man Listen. literally had an experience of whatever to say this is what we're going to put in here and then as time goes on we get all these different translations so for that verse i'm trying to see how i can say that this is the the verse out of the bible this one piece right here to state that this is against homosexuality as opposed to against adultery or against two men should not lay lay together because I hear what you're saying. That's a personal. And a that's woman. a personal statement, though. I'm talking about. Let's go to the Bible where we say that that's the manuscript where it says in the Bible, man shall not lay with man, woman shall not with woman, as opposed to man shall not covet another man's wife. You know what I mean? In the way that it's broken down like that, because we got people who are strong, who are mm-hmm. in their space where they love God, and they pray and say, "Listen, Lord, if this is not of you, please, because I'm dying here." It's not not for nothing else, and I live this life straight and narrow, but I still am maybe a woman or a man who is bisexual that loves a man who uh, enjoys being with a man, and that's what ends up happening because their love, their heartstrings can't decide or separate what love is. Like, is there a separation on love or how deep a love can go? You know what I mean? So that Leviticus verse to me, and I'm saying this because I have so many people who have this conversation with me, it's not enough. It's not okay. enough because that's not clear. I want it's you like, to just hold that right there real quick. Okay. I got another call. It was two callers, Will said, that was coming in. Yes. What's the other caller? Is there another caller there? I'm waiting for the other caller to come in because there was two callers. So I want to hear what the other caller has to say if they're coming in. Caller, you've been unmuted. Caller, you've been unmuted. So, caller, caller, are you there? Caller, you've Come been unmuted. Come on in, caller. Come on in, caller. Can you hear it? Well, we're going to wait for the caller to come on in. But I want to say this to everybody. One of the things we got to understand, y'all, when God said something, he cannot lie, okay? And when you go into the Romans, the way the Romans was doing things, you had the mother, father sleeping with the kids, the kids sleeping with mothers and fathers. You had a lot of things going on. And the Bible talks about the men leaving the desire for the woman, going after and most of the thing, when you read the Bible, it's appearing, it appeals to the masculine part of the men. Because in those days and times, you got to remember, they was basically talking to a lot of men doing this stuff. You didn't hear about women. It was men doing this. But it's really the time that we're living in. It's both sides that is doing this, men with men, women with women. Um, and so, <clears throat> but the Bible calls it, not us. The Bible calls it sin. Sin is sin, y'all. And listen, I've seen people who may not be practicing homosexual, but they can sleep with all kind of women and still preach the same way. 
the gifts and the calling is without repentance. And we got to remember that. You can be able to preach, use the gifts, and still live in sin. That don't mean anything. And we've seen this happen at times. I have seen people that I knew who can preach and do all the gifts that God gave them and still not living right before God. That doesn't change anything. But the thing I want us to remember, everybody, is that they still their souls. We want to save them, but we got to go according to what God's words say. I am scared of anybody who don't believe what the Bible says because we didn't write the Bible, y'all. The Bible said all scriptures was given by inspiration of God and was profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man or the woman of God may be perfectly thoroughly uh, furnished to all good works. And then the Bible said in the book of Peter, for the gospel came out of old of the will of men, the holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. So the Holy Ghost inspired the men to write what God's spirit wanted them to write. And all of this was done that we won't miss God. You got to remember, again, you're dealing with a fallen angel, and he want to make you, the Bible said, beware what men call evil good and good evil. We're living in times like that. When they're trying to call what's evil good and what's good is evil. So we got to be very aware. The Bible said we're not ignorant of his devices. The devil would love for you to read this word and say, you don't got to believe that. Did God really say that? Oh, no, he didn't say that. I would rather do it this old-fashioned way. This way I know I'm right. Then to take a chance and to get to the other side and God said, depart from me you workers of iniquity. And then we say, do not we cast out devils in your name? Huh? Did not we prophesy in your name? And he said, depart from me. I never knew you. You got to think about, there are people who are going to do the gifts, cast out devil, prophesy in God's name, and he's still going to say, I never knew you. Who are these people? They could be various type of people. They could be all, these people, in other words, they operated in these gifts, but still they didn't make it into heaven. So we got to be aware, beloved, that the gifts and the callings are without repentance. You can have the gifts and the calling and still live out of alliance according to God's word. Remember, God's word is law. It's the law. He came to change our spirit. And when you change a man's spirit, you change his ways, his thinking. But the only way, like if you went to college and you were taking up law, you couldn't go into the law room and say, well, I don't believe this law, and I don't believe that law, and you take the bar test, you won't pass the law. You won't get your license because unless you understand what is going on, you know what I mean? And unless you really study in the words and you learn what they say in the law, the only way to pass that law, that bar test, is to do it the way it's said and it's written. We read laws, and when you look at the law, you know that the law got a lot of stuff in there that pertained to us as people of God. Well, some of the law in there. Well, anyway, there's a lot of things that we can read, and when we go into it, we can learn and tell. Um, it talks to us about, um, okay. Let's look at Isaiah chapter 46. 
go to Isaiah chapter 46, y'all. If you got your Bible, let's go to the book of Isaiah chapter 46 real quick. I want to turn right there. I just want to show y'all something in the book of Isaiah chapter 46. Because we want to make sure that we know what God's word said. If your parents told you something, even with, you know, your loved ones, your parents, and they share things with you, um, trying to find Isaiah 46, okay? Go there and try to see what we can find out here. Just to go in there, right? So we're in Isaiah chapter 46. And let's look at verse 9 and verse 10. And it says here, listen to this, folks. Remember the former things of old, for I am God, and there is none else. I am God, and there is none like me. And when God tells us that, let's look at verse 10. Declaring the end from the beginning and from the ancient time and the things that are not yet done, saying, my counsels sustained, and I would do all my pleasure. So God does not change. But I want us to be aware of the enemy, y'all. God's word is forever established. He don't change. He don't waver. He means what he says, and he says what he means. But I want us to be aware of Satan. If Satan can hide behind a needle, beloved, he will hide behind a needle. He would do whatever it takes to be hidden so that we won't know that it's him. But the one thing we know for certain, that God is not the author of confusion. We got to remember that. So if people are confused and they don't know what sex they are, then who's causing that? It's not coming from God because God is always straightforward. He don't want us to be confused. And if you listen to what he said, like he said before, be fruitful and multiply. The only way one can do that is a man has to be with a woman. Like your car. If you took the gasoline and poured it into your engine when you went to the gas pump, you're going to have an explosion. Because you're pumping gasoline into the engine. You're putting it in the wrong place. It's not built for that. It's not equipped for that. And the way they build the cars, they build them in such a way that when you do everything according to that manuscript that's with that car, it will tell you a lot about that car that needs to be done. If it does this, that means the oil needs to be changed. If it do this, it just needs to be changed. We got to remember, beloved, that God gave us instruction. Like your parents tell you to do certain things. They would say, listen, I don't want nobody in my house when I'm gone. Because people come in the house and tear up the house or something may happen. Or I'm going on vacation. Don't throw no party in my house. And then they come back to find out that you had a party in their house. Your mom's favorite antique was broken. And that's the result of disobedience. And so I hear, and this is why this discussion is very important. And you want to talk about it. And I like to, like I said, I like to bring in people who was in that lifestyle, who understand what it was all about and who can talk because they had the experience of that side of life. And like I said, there's no doubt in my mind that I know there are people who are pastoring and who are homosexual and they still can preach, they still 
can prophesy, they still had the gifts. But like I tell everybody, the gifts and the calling is without repentance. Always remember that. We know people who can do all those gifts, and still they're not living anything. So these are the things that we got to always be aware of in many, many cases. Um, uh, so I want everybody just to hear that, that God has a plan for everybody. Uh, I don't know what happened to the other caller. Caller, are you there? Did the other caller come in? Hello? Yes, caller. Hello? Yeah. How you doing, caller? Yeah, this is John Allison. How you doing? Hey, how you doing, John? Good to hear from you, doctor. What you want to say, doctor? Oh, great, man. I'm, I was just busy just listening in, man, and um, just my little input, brother. Yeah, you know, the uh, the books that I um mentioned earlier or sent to you earlier. Um, if the individuals are really sincere and really truly want to educate themselves, this particular topic and what God has this particular topic in His Word, then the two books that I would want to recommend would be uh, just two books by Dr. Michael Brown. The first one is, Can You Be Gay and Christian? And the second one is, A Queer Thing Has Happened to America. Both of those books are by Dr. Michael Brown. Um, answers the questions that the uh, both young ladies were talking about in particular. Uh, the first um, young lady that was was going to be uh, pertaining to of, uh, is there a global First thing I would like to say, of course, uh, Satan is a global ruler. So they said it's this world, uh, this wicked world that we're in belongs to him. Um, so the book that I would recommend to her would be A Queer Thing Has Happened in America. And it traces, you know, just the whole LGBT uh, uh, community or the agenda um, from its inception. Um, gives you just quotations from um, the uh, the methodology that is that is being um, implemented. Um, you know, is there... Is there uh, an agenda? So he deals with that all the way through. So that would be good for her to to read in in, in the other book for the other young lady. Um, and I know that she's probably sincere. And these are delicate and sensitive uh, uh, issues and topics. Uh, but uh, what I would like to say is that um, um, you have a lot of uh, theologians that are out there that are putting forth a, uh, an argument that has to be responded to. So I would recommend to her, can you be gay and Christian? Or she can also YouTube just for uh, just a quick um, um, uh, education source would be, you know, just for her to go to YouTube, uh, click on Dr. Michael Brown, and just listen to his, 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 his lecture on can you be gay and Christian? Or listen to his lecture or debate with um, Matthew Vine uh, as to on the same particular topic. So um, I just want to throw that out there. And, and I'm, I'm glad that you were able to uh, use Isaiah the 46, verse 9 and 10, where God says, I'm going to tell you history in advance so that you can know that I am who I say I am. He says, if those, if those other gods are gods, let them do the same. So to prove that the Bible was divine in origin, I'm going to tell you history in advance. I'm going to tell you prophecy. I'm going to tell you prophecies that's going to happen in their day, prophecies that's going to happen in our day, prophecies that's going to happen yet in the future. So that's why he's given us even the book of Revelation. So we already know the end result of uh, how these things are going to turn out. So, um, you know, that's, uh, that's my input, brother. It's good, uh, good to hear from you again. And uh, 
I'm going to hang up and continue to listen. Okay, well, John, before you go anywhere, uh, Sister Firecracker and Sister Lady T, did y'all hear what she was saying, what he was saying, rather? Are they still there? No, I'm still here. This is Firecracker. I muted my phone. Yes, I did hear, and I, I greatly appreciate the information. I definitely will use those as resources. Um, for my research, however, my show is tomorrow night, um, so I'm not going to be able to, you know, obtain that by tomorrow night. Um, but again, it, it's a topic for discussion because this is a global issue, and um, again, we will be discussing it tomorrow night from five to seven on talk show. Um, and the I'm sorry, I'm trying to get the information for you. If you can just give me one second. The, my radio show is Butterflies, Fire, and Ice. Um, okay. It'll, I'll premiere tomorrow from 5 to 7. The number is 724-444-7444, and you press 143923 is the pin. Okay, 1439-23, Michael Jordan number. So if you can remember 14... Uh, 3923, Michael Jordan number. You can go in and hear Sister Firecracker. It's called Butterflies, is that correct? Butterflies, Fire, and Ice. Butterfly, Fire, and Ice. And Lady T, are you still there? Butterflies, Butterflies. Got to put that Y in there, the S. Butterflies, Fire, and Ice. Butterflies, Fire, and Ice. Is Lady T still on the line? Um, okay. No, let me see how I can get it off. Okay, because I heard what she was saying, too. Um, I, I think what we all got to remember, beloved, is that God's word is the final word, y'all, not ours. And what he says, he cannot go back on his word. We got to make sure that we believe this whole Bible. Um, God said before his word fail, heaven and earth will pass away. We can't make God a liar. We got to remember that, y'all. If he said it was wrong in the Old Testament, it's still wrong in the New Testament. The only difference is we're underneath grace. In the Old Testament, they were instructed to murder, to kill people. It's a lot of things. For adultery, you got stoned to death, you know? Listen, people were sleeping with animals. He said put them to death. That was in the Old Testament. Now, in the New Testament, we're not killing people for that stuff, but it's still sin. You get what I'm saying? Because we're under grace. Sin is sin. However, he said, if you will keep my word and obey my commandment, you get what I'm saying? But I want everybody, I really want this to sink in to everybody that's out there. Beloved, listen. When the Lord said there would be people who stand before him, who would say, did not we cast out devils in your name? Did not we prophesy in your name? And he's going to say, I never knew you. You got to understand, never means never, never. He said, you're workers of iniquity. That's very interesting for them people to do all of these things in the name of the Lord. And they stand before Jesus expecting to go into heaven, but he told them he never knew them. So we want to make sure that we are aware of these things. Um, 
Lady T, are you back with us right now? Lady T. Yes, I am. Okay. Did, did yes, I am. I'm what, what John was saying, he just shared some information um, with both of you ladies. Was you able to hear what he said? I'm sorry. I did not. The phone was going in and out. It started to sound like a um, robot because my service was out, so I hung up, and I just called back. I would, um, If they can repeat that, I would appreciate it. Sure. And John, I Okay, sure. Go ahead. Yeah, the, um, there's a YouTube clip, and I know that the uh, first young lady said that she didn't have, uh, you know, won't have the opportunity to to pick up the book. But there are two books that I recommended uh, for everyone to pick up, you know, just to educate themselves as to what God has said. And I know that there's arguments out there that are coming from outside the church, uh, and as well as inside the church. So mm-hmm. um, there's two books by uh, Dr. Michael Brown. Uh, you hear me? I heard of him. Yes, yes, author, yes, Dr. Michael Brown. What's the title? Uh, the title of the book, Cannot Be Gay and Christian. Uh, that's, a, that's a smaller book. Um, the second book is A Queer Thing. A Queer Thing has happened in America. That's the, that's the second book. That's the larger book. And also, okay. you can go to, you can YouTube his name. His name is Dr. Michael Brown. Uh, in, in YouTube, uh, um, um, his name in particular is as a, um, uh, a lecture on can you be gay and Christian. So you might want to listen to that and listen to the arguments that are that are coming from the inside uh, via scripture. You know, as you know, as opposed to okay, well, in the Old Testament, God did not judge Sodom and Gomorrah because of homosexuality. But and then you know, the other argument was that it was a perversion as opposed to uh, two individuals who are in love with them in a monogamous. Uh, a uh, long, uh, lifetime long uh, relationship. And, you know, just mm-hmm. listen to it and see his responses and, and uh, get the responses for yourself because uh, because sure. the enemy is, because the enemy has infiltrated the church and because the arguments are coming from within the church, it, it gives people a false sense of security where they can, where they could, well, where they think that they could continue to live in their sin. Um, so, uh, you know, so, and um, I know I had a um, mention to a, uh, Brother Calvin earlier that in, in Jesus' uh, affirmation of uh, the Genesis account of, of one man and one woman um, being God's uh, original designs, and, and you know he, you know, and just by him confirming that, he did not even have to speak to it. Um, it was not even a topic of discussion as as opposed to whether whether it was sin or not, or whether it was something that was acceptable or not. So uh, there were a lot of topics and a lot of discussions <laughs> or a lot of issues that we have in our day that are not mentioned in the Bible, but the Bible, you know, because that topic is not mentioned via name does not mean that the Bible has not already condemned it. If they condemned it in the Old Testament, then it's, uh, you see Jesus reaffirming, you know, just the that uh, that marriage union is strictly between one man and one woman um, by design, um, then, um, then Jesus Christ, who is God manifested in the flesh, has already answer that question. Um, and, and as opposed to when you get to chapter Romans, chapter 1, uh, God is, has bringing a universal combination of, of sin uh, to, to, to show everybody that there's a bad news. Uh, he, you get to the point where it says that God gave them up, God gave them over, and God gave them unto. And it talks about how, you know, women begin to be with women and men, you know, uh, against are going are doing this and, you know, you know, not to, uh, you know, this is a, you know, since this is a delicate topic and mm-hmm. issue and these are, 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 are questions that has to be answered. Um, right. And they have to be answered uh, to sincerely and genuinely, Lord. And 
and with uh, and with the love of Christ, um, you, right. you might want to take your time and deal with it and and work your way through it and and uh, and educate yourself first. Um, um, you know, whenever I go, if I want to be a, a witness to a Jehovah Witness, then I would go and learn their particular doctrine so that I can you know understand where the enemy is attacking them and and uh, you know what particular uh, event or or, or uh, that their uh, doctrine is 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 pretty much engulfing them, then I uh, I can minister them better. You know, it's almost like what it says to be uh, 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 quick to hear but slow to speak, right? So, you you know, you want to listen. You know, I, need to, I need to listen. I need to learn. I need to educate myself in any particular area of, of sin that the, that the enemy is using because I want to be, you know, the one that God is going to use to go maybe into the homosexual community and minister to them. But I need to know exactly I need to listen to them. I need to hear them. And I need to know, you know, what arguments are they using from the Bible? What are what are their uh, genuine uh, concerns or questions uh, that need to be answered? And, and, and most importantly, what does God's word say about it? Because ultimately, at the, at the end of the day, you want to be on God's side of the equation. Uh, so, uh, you know, God is the he's the uh, he's the creator. So he's the one who has the right and the uh, uh, the authority. Tell us how to and how not to live our lives, and you know, and he and he loves us so he loves us so much that he does not want us to have a purity or be comfortable in our particular sin. So you know, with me, you know, he dealt with my sin. So I think that when he talks about repent, repentance is actually turning away from sin and turning back to God. So, uh, so again, you know, just check that out. Um, take your time, do it slowly. <laughs> Let God use you, and then you know when those questions come up then then you will have a biblical response so um that's my uh that's my two cents thank you i will definitely look into it i've always been in search for some solid um information that is not argumentative that does come from a biblical standpoint because that's where they come from they're like okay well where is it tell me and i'm like you know when i do come from where my pastors my bishops um try to send me to to research um mm-hmm. it is something that i do need to fervently pray and ask god to reveal to me what it, the truth is because you know sometimes i stand in this place where i feel like i don't want my truth to be what everyone else's truth is because it's a consensus of truth I only know God. I only follow God's truth. I've, you know, ever since I, you know, got saved and felt like I started to build a relationship with God, my first prayer to him was that not for nothing, I didn't want to go and be institutionalized by, mm-hmm. you know, the consensus. And I really wanted him to be able to have a conversation with me because I was going to be so open to it so I was not distracted by X, Y, and Z. So I do, you know, definitely want to look into um, Brown's information as well as, you know, continue to search a little more. I'm not, I don't want to be, you know, walking around with my stick, but I do want more conversation about it because that in particular is one of the things that has become so much more controversial because it's like the church against that. And I think that um, Firecracker had said something about the broadcast of it because they know it's so against the church. So, of course, anything against the church, they're going to want to broadcast even more so. So we do have to be prepared fully. All of us have to be prepared on how to understand it. Like you said, first understanding it, first understand where they're coming from that um, deviates from the Bible but is, you know, spoken about in the Bible. So it is something that needs to be um learn a little more because it does come from a traditional 
a consensus of this is the sin and that's just that. But really, I had never really heard growing up from birth that part that stuck and was solid in the Bible that spoke about it in in a full amount that I could get more clarity because it would be a verse out of the Bible that was intertwined with another story that my pastor would send me to or my bishop would send me to. And I'm like, oh, that's vague, you know? So I do appreciate that insight to um, dive in a little more for for some solid um, information for for the community. Oh, oh, praise God, praise God! I was uh, I was um, ministering to this particular family, and they had a young son um, who, a teenager, maybe fourteen, fifteen, but he felt as though he was a female inside. So his family were, matter of fact, he was putting his family you know, just through some turmoil because, you know, he said that if they didn't help, help him transition into uh, being uh, becoming a woman, then um, he would kill himself. So you had the, the families who were strong in the Lord and um, knew God's word but were put in a position where, you know, where, where the father was actually, you know, just communicating to me that, that um, you, know, you know, he would rather compromise than, you know, than to take that chance of his son taking his life. So now you have your son. But, you know, my, my word to him was that, um, would be, you know, that God knows all things. God uh, has given them this child, and, and, and God knew in advance that, that they would come to this fork in the road, and God wants us to, to trust him and to take right. him at his word at the end of the day. So at the end of the day, you don't want to be, again, you don't want to be, again, as you say, institutionalized. Because at mm-hmm. the end of the day, each and every one of us has to stand and give an account before every idle word, every thought. Every so we don't want to be those who are called Christians, uh, followers of Jesus Christ, uh, which is just simply we are his ambassadors. I, no one wants, nobody wants to know what I have to say. Um, it's strictly what the word of God says. And what does God, what does God say pertaining to this particular topic issue? Has he spoken to it? And has he spoken clearly? Is there any gray area? And, um, and you know, as you read that book, you're going to find out that there's no gray area. That God and God in His love and God in His mercy uh, wants that person to be saved. So, uh, when I say that the argument is coming from within, and it's almost like you have a whole co- a whole uh, community of individuals that are uh, that say that they're Christians, and, and yet they want to continue to live that particular lifestyle. So now there's security uh, that's been given to them um, based on um, some version of some particular text in the Old Testament and some particular text in the New Testament. But as you're again, as you're studying now, you're going to grow and you're going to mature and you're going to be that person. Uh, whereas God is going to use you to go uh, and to minister to uh, individuals. So, um, so you know, God is always at work. Um, you know, there's nothing that God wastes. Even our conversation that we're having now is already ordained of God and and uh, have been uh, predestined by God. So, um, absolutely. Be encouraged, sis. Uh, Thank you. Likewise. The word of God is. <laughs> It's awesome. It's powerful. As as it's sharper than any twist to it. So um, absolutely. Appreciation, much appreciation. Thank you for that, brother. I'm sorry I didn't catch your name. Um, um my name is John. John Allison. John Allison. Yeah, me and brother. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Lady T, is it possible you can tell everybody about your show on Wednesday? Cool, cool. My phone is jacking up. I have a show um, every Wednesday on Sound City. Um, every other Wednesday, excuse me. So it is. Is it this Wednesday chill? My my weeks run yes, together. Yes. Do I have a show? Okay. Yes, you always this, right there after firecracker. It's a beautiful. Okay. Day. 
cool. I, I can dig that. I can remember that at the firecracker. So I have a show every um, other Wednesday on Sound City, and it is Keeping It Real Talk, um, where we discuss everything from business to bedside um, every Wednesday from 5 to 7. And then that pin number is 143. She'll help me. Um, I'll get that information. You can follow me on Instagram, T the Lady, T dot the Lady on Instagram. My other show is on Tuesday, every Tuesday from nine to ten. Um, sometimes it runs over. That's on On Point Radio. And um, if you go on on my Instagram, I have a thousand numbers in my head, so the pins are not coming to me. But if you go on my Instagram, T dot the Lady, um, you can look at my posts, and then you can follow on how you can um, check me out on Tuesday and Wednesday. And that's it. That's how you follow me. <laughs> on Tuesday, okay. it's Tell Me Something Good Radio. We talk about business to bedside, just real conscious talk, freedom to speech, and um, real good topics of conversations just like this one. So I really love people who come in and have different insight, different knowledge that can, you know, open up our minds and give us some more to, you know, think about and more to research on. I'm always about people, I can give you whatever. I can say whatever out my mouth, but in order for you to believe that, you have to go and research on your own and make sure that that's, that's the truth because I can, I can speak and make you feel like it, it sound good. <laughs> but that's what I like about my show because I love for people to come on and speak truth that gives people something to think about and something to learn about even more so. So. Your pin number is 143 Pound. Thank you, baby. One four three nine two four pound. And firecrackers one four three nine two three pound. So you got y'all. Y'all both is like back to back. Right back. back. Okay. Back. Thank you. Thank you, DJ. Yep. Back to Minister Cow. All right. So as we discuss the criminal things, a lot of times. One of the things that I believe in, I, I stick with the word of God, and without this Bible, I am nothing, y'all. I tell you, I believe what the word of God said. I believe this is God's word, and it's eternal, written in time and eternity. Um, and when you read this word, it cannot be altered or changed. I, I believe that, and, and I know this from all my heart, and that's why I share the word of God. But as you continue to read the word of God and what it says, it will make you wise and it will sharpen you. But you got to be a doer of the word, the Bible said, and not a hearer. The Bible said it is only the doer of the word who are justified and not the hearers. So we don't want to be those who hear what God says but don't do what God says because God had a lot of those people throughout time who have done that. But we want to obey the word of God and do what he said do. And it's not by works, but it's by righteousness. And he has set a standard that all men must live by. And as a standard, it is holiness and righteousness. We got to remember that, beloved. We want to make it to heaven. And remember, God has a standard that we all got to live by, not just other people, but me too. There's a lot of things that my flesh would love to do, but I know what God's word said that we can't do. So we got to obey God's word. And even though we may have desires that we love to do certain things, and it's not by works, 
we keep his commandment because we love him. And he said, if you love me, you will keep my commandment. And one of the things that I love, and I always tell people about the Beatitudes when it talks about what God's kingdom is all about. The Beatitude is Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. It's laid out plain and simple. God is not a respectable person. He is a respectable of the principle. And we got to live, you want to live your life in a way that is holy and righteous. And what God's word talks about when it comes to sin and everything like this. I'm a pretty sharp character. When it comes to the devil, the devil, I don't trust him. Because he's the reason why all this stuff is messed up. And if at any time he can make you believe, and that's why I told the story about truth and lie. If he can make you believe that he's the truth, when he's really lying, he's the liar, he got you. And the Bible said we're not ignorant of his devices. And one of the things that Paul told us that there will come a time when men will come into the church and start teaching other things that's not sound doctrine. And sound doctrine is God's word, what he says in the Bible. That's sound doctrine. So we want to live by what God's word says. And if his word says it, we believe what his word says. He said, holiness without, so no man see God. We got to be holy, y'all. Like I said before, what's in the Old Testament is still the same. Sin is sin, no matter if it's Old Testament or New Testament. But we got to believe God's word. And the only thing he told us to do is repent of it, just change from it, and do what he told us to do. And if we can do that and live by God's word, then we can make it in. Because remember, we're dealing with the book of Revelation. You had those who said they was apostles and are not. There were those who said they were Jews and are not. So it's going to be a lot of people who said that they want saved, but they are not. But one thing that Jesus said, wisdom is justified of our own children. And we just want to remember that. All of us want to remember that as believers. Because at the end of the day, no matter what we think and what we believe, it's what God's word says. What do the word of God say at the end of the day? So at this time, Dr. Will, we're going to turn it over to you. We're going to bring it in because we've been on here an hour too long. It's almost 8 o'clock, bro. I got to bring it in, okay? I love everybody. I thank God for all of you. Keep me in your prayers. Dr. Will, it's in your hands. Take it over. Bring it in. Ooh. I tell you, people, this was one heck of a show. I don't even know what to tell y'all, but... uh. I ain't going to lie to you, but uh, it's a church. Like, you know, I always tell everybody, you know, <laughs> down city, it's always about freedom of speech, freedom to grow, and freedom to learn and know. <laughs> Welcome to Sound City Radio. Oh, man, I just love it when people be real and be safe but always be ready. And this is church. See, Sometimes in church, things might get, you know, different because pastor might go one way, and then all of a sudden, the Lord comes in, boom. He might change up his whole message, but the point get across. Now we're getting a whole new elevation where points will be getting across. See, 
we're going to get another understanding of what life is in America, around the world of today. And Minister Cal, Minister Ann Williams, Minister Kelvin, and all these other ministers that y'all haven't met yet, and brothers that you haven't met yet, and sisters that you haven't met yet, and people that you haven't met yet is going to come. All I want y'all to do is come. Because if y'all don't come, how are we going to know or how are we going to be able to think and how are we going to be able to talk if we can't talk amongst each other without any hatred or any animosity? Best thing to do is be able to talk freely without nobody having, you know, hey, I can't believe you. Ah, ooh, ee, ah, ooh, ah. What? That ain't no conversation. That's hogwash. We're not about hogwash. We're all about trying to make sure that everybody get a complete understanding of life. You only live once. What you choose to do is what you do, but you got to choose what you do. <laughs> I know I didn't just say that. <laughs> but anyway, I'm glad everybody took time to listen to a heck of a show. I just hope certain people receive what was said. And if you didn't get it, play it again. Just play the show again. And again and again and tell a friend. Now, if you have any questions, comments, or even concerns, you can email me at DJ underscore chill at my dot com. That's DJ underscore chill at my dot com. Now understand, if I don't get to you quickly, it's because I'm having situational problems. <laughs> I am a problem, but I'm a problem in a good way. I'm trying to become a finished product. But understand, it's going to take time. Unless Jesus say, hey, you know what? Uh, now you fixed. Are you fixed? Whew. That's a big question. Some people don't even have an answer. They think they are. But again, I say, if you don't believe it, look in the mirror. You better know. Because every day you look in the mirror, there's something different. You might see a scar. You might see a scab. (laughs) You might just see you. Wow. Ain't that some crap. And if you look good, amen. But if you don't, pray. Change the game. Change your mindset. Renew your mind. Do something different called Dare to be different. Because if you don't dare to be different, you're just going to follow everybody, and you might not know who you're following, but you might not know who you're rolling with, and then that will be a situational problem. You understand me? Great. So um, until then, I hope you are ready for tomorrow. Again, with our first premiere show of Firecracker. And if Firecracker, you still on the line, if you want to just say it one more time, your topic, that would be awesome. I don't know if she's still there or not. Firecracker, you still there? It takes me a second to unmute. I'm sorry. Yes, I am still here. Hello, everyone. This is Firecracker. And yes, DJ Chill is right. Tomorrow my show will premiere. It is um, 5 to 7 p.m. on Sound City Radio. It is called Butterflies, Fire, and Ice. 
Um, and the topic of discussion is LGBTQIAPK. Is there a global agenda at work? I will also be doing a very, 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 very special interview with Wonder Dre. So I would love for everyone to just tune in and um, just participate in conversation. Listen, this is an Anything Goes Network, guys. I want everybody to feel comfortable to discuss what you, uh, to, to openly discuss the topic and feel unhinged. It is, it's important that we have open discussions. Um, the number that you want to dial in is 724 444 7444, press the PIN number, 143923-POUND, and then you press 1-POUND, and to talk, you will press star 8. I look forward to speaking with everyone tomorrow. Have a blessed evening. Now y'all got it. And when she say anything goes radio, that's meaning, man. Like, me, how I do this thing, I, I try to force, force them each and every host to do their own thing. That's why I always say whatever the show is, it's by, not with, you know, with, uh-uh. It's by because I want them to understand that when they go solicit or do their stuff in the future, they can talk to the people who they who's trying to grip them up and then say, yeah, I did that show. All, all Chill did or Will of God did was help produce and, you know, stir my food up so I could be on my own. I love it when people think for themselves. I might get help. You know, I help it to the utmost. But it's so much better when an individual do it the way they want to do it. Now, don't get it twisted. If y'all get a little crazy with it, I will mute you because the host always got to have control. We ain't going to let y'all get out of control. That's why I said be real but be safe. You better not show enough, better be ready. That's all I'm saying. But um, back to again. <sighs> what a show! <laughs> now, people. Um, again, I say. Um, when I always say out, out to me means obviously you talk. So I always put a twist on it, and I say, "Who's out?" Lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?" Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha! In my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.